Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Sports podcast. This is episode 93 for the week of September 24th, 2019. My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man with the fantastic haircut and now a proud Vikings fan, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you tonight on the Sunday evening? Doing fine, man. How are you? You know, I'm swell. Yeah. Yeah. I have my G fuel, so I'm not tired as balls anymore. Like when we were watching the game today, spoiler alert, Vikings won. Go figures against the Raiders. Woo. But uh no, it's I was I, I was almost falling asleep on the couch. Really? I I'm not lying. You're that tired. So my daughter woke up like twice last night, one of which I slept through apparently. But she woke up around like maybe four thirty or five. And that's typically wake up time to go to work, but it's the weekend. I don't want to wake up then. And so I made her a bottle, fed her. She fell asleep right away after that. But then I went back to sleep. You know, when you have like, you sleep for a little while, wake up, go back to sleep. I just, I just felt tired all day after that. So that's besides the point. Vikings won. It's all that matters. They, they played a, um, I'd say less than average team though. Oh we, we, yeah. So we, Yeah. We'll have to wait and see how they do facing uh, decent teams moving forward. The bar is very low. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Um, Josh, yeah. what do we have on this episode, man? That's a great question, Will. Thank you for asking. On this week's episode of HCS Pro Talk, we have finally some roster mania. Will has plenty of rosters to talk about. We have COD News Inbound. Plenty of uh, the CDL information has been released at this point in time. We're going to go through some of it. We have a little bit of news. We have plenty of tournament announcements. And we also have our weekly topic of esports franchising. Uh, two weeks in the making here. We delayed it a week because we wanted to do a little bit more research ourselves. We, I wanted to compile all the information that we had from people contributing to the comments. And uh, we're going to go through it all at the end of the show. Will, before we actually get into the first topic of the show, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. So this is like a curveball thrown into the show, but bear with me. This is really irritating me. Somebody put out on Twitter and it's been blowing up. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. It's the, it's the one has to go forever. Which one do you choose? And it's a bunch of candy bars. Okay. Have you seen this? I have. Okay. So for those listening at home or in the car or on the treadmill or wherever the hell you decide to listen to the show. Thank you, by the way. Let me tell you what the six pieces of candy are that apparently one of them needs to go forever if you had to choose, okay? So you have Snickers, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, not pieces, but the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, Milky Way, Kit Kat, M&M's, Twix. Will, if you were to get rid of one of them forever, which would it be and why? Uh, I'd say the Milky Way because there's Man. pieces of the Milky Way in other of those candies, right? Okay. Um, I think it's a lot harder of a choice if you take the Milky Way away and go with the remaining. Sure. Um, but yeah, just I, I don't need Milky Ways. I'm fine without them. What about you? So I've seen a lot of people. Okay. Let me just say that somebody finally, finally said the correct answer here, in my opinion, obviously. But, okay, I see a lot of people say Kit Kats need to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? Kit Kats are fantastic. They're a different flavor than all the other things on there. You know what I would get rid of? I would get rid of the standard-ass M&Ms. 
Why? They're candy-coated chocolate. And you know what? There's... Now, okay, if there's a caveat to this, okay? If they're only including regular-ass M&Ms in this, out of the six choices, and we're excluding all other types of M&Ms, because I don't know about you, but peanut M&Ms are badass. Oh, yeah. Caramel M&Ms, oh, my God, amazing. Okay? But these regular-ass M&Ms, they can go bye-bye. I don't care about any of them. But you can't take away my Snickers, my Reese's, my Milky, my Milky Way. <laughs> can't speak. My Twix and my Kit Kat. No. But regular M&Ms? <laughs> Get out of here. I don't need that. If I have all the other M&Ms to choose from, if I do, if I have other M&Ms to choose from, I'm getting rid of the regular weak-ass M&Ms. I, I need more, uh, I guess we need more context by the person asking this question. We do. Because for me, the, the, the M&Ms are the only like candy coat. Like what if this was the only candy left in the world and you had to get rid of one of them? I would still get rid of regular M&Ms. No, because that's the only like piece of candy left, right? I mean, I, I feel like I have way more variety in flavors with the other options. And I'd rather keep those. With, with M&Ms, I know what I'm getting. Like it's, it's a... It's a piece of chocolate with crappy candy over it. I mean, whatever. We'll agree to disagree. You know what? the The only thing, the only thing that I, <laughs> the only thing that I will miss about if I, if regular M and M's went away, <laughs> the only thing I would miss about M and M's is taking two of them, smooshing them together, and see which candy breaks first. What? Have you ever done that as a kid? No. You never did that. No. Oh come on. Maybe with like Skittles that were a little bit more malleable, but not. No, so it, it, you, you would take two M&Ms and, like, you would fight. They'd be fighting, like, quote-unquote fighting. <laughs> so, okay, seriously, there has to be somebody out there listening that did the same thing as me as a kid. There has to be. You take two pieces of M&Ms, okay? You take two M&Ms, and you, you put them between your fingers, okay. and you push together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, the candy, yeah. I want to know what our listeners think, so we need to put our, our own poll of this sure. on Twitter. We'll link the first question or whatever it is whatever okay. we need to do but well, we let's, get this out let's, on twitter uh, we should like quote tweet this because i don't want to steal this person's thunder right no exactly yeah we'll quote tweet it and we'll put it out awesome okay we'll see what everybody else has to say and i have you, to say if you choose if you don't choose m&ms you're wrong no choose milky way <laughs> side with will a lot of people sided with you a lot uh, of people on that did. tweet mm -hmm. okay yeah a lot of people well, did. That makes me feel a little better there you go yeah how can you get rid of m&ms like you said, agree to disagree. All right. Um, Will, I'm sorry to go off the rails right away, but what do we normally start the show off with? Rostermania! All right, are you guys ready? We have Rostermania this week. We have Halo Premier League, Halo Draft League. Let's get into it. So to start off with the Premier League, we finally have some teams that we can list for you here. Let's start. We have uh, Team Zero. This includes Simply Fear Me, Devil Dog OG, Costa Clan, King, I think it's supposed to be Sabbath, um, and Woke, New Jersey. I have not yet read these names, so prepare for some, uh, some fumbles, some uh, misspoken names to come out, because it's going to happen. Um, next one, we have Martial Punishment. This is Fireboy, Neptune, Fluriously, Too Sick, and Bound. We have Johnny Los Dinos. This is generic Bowser Walla Walla. 
Too Fat to fa- to Face, um, Aramis RW. On Team Hype and Positivity, this is Bunny's Waddles, System Stats, Gemini Present, Sylvanic, and Gwenzi. Oh, Josh, this yeah. is for you. Team Bed Bath and Beyonce. Beyonce. We have Sushi, Blue House 8, GNS Pro Shot, Crewman, and Jolly Josh. On Team Jester Plays, we have Mirage, Zykane, Claps, or Capels, sorry, uh, El Halo Elite, and, the, and Efrain. Next team is the Strong Survive. This is TSS Danimal, Aurora Jorialis, Bofum, Segbura, and Tray Cycle. On Team FTP, we have F- SFC Exodus. Swish Fives, Vemzy, Scariotic, and the Gold Star BR. And that's your Halo Premier League rosters. Next up, we have the Halo Draft League. And we actually have teams and the the names and the uh, associated values with those names. So um, let's go through it. Team, oh, the one, first of all, these teams don't have names. Correct. The, the draft are, took place literally. So we're recording on Sunday right now, mm-hmm. right? The draft took place two days ago. So like you said, Will, team names are not formed at this time, but these teams are confirmed. Yep. So team one includes Trap H5. He was purchased for 130 bucks or drafted for 130 bucks. Um, a Aaron uh, Aimbot, $200. A Strange Owl. I wonder if that's a play on uh, a savage cat. Went for 110 bucks. Veronica, $35. And a scarecrow, 10 bucks. Also have Morgan for 15. And the team has a balance of zero. Team two includes Outbe Spectre, 120. Boomy EU, 120. Market Warlord, 100. Dane, 95. Corsicrate, 55. And O for 10 bucks. Balance is zero for the team. Team three includes Athropex for 70, Cogsta for 20, Sinferi for 80, Trillix for 50, Siege for 150, and Niwot for 30 with a balance for that team being zero. Team four, we have Lanimal for 80, Turtles for 215. We have Nerdsy for 45, Marzi for 10, Apollo 9 for 20, and Condor CG for 55. The team still has a balance of 75 bucks. First team we have with some money. Team 5. This includes DF Psychedeli. He went for 140. He or she. I guess I don't know. Fear the Beard went for 40. NWK for 75. Deceased for 5. Bumjamas. For 30 and TTV uh, Der Durf for 100 bucks. That team still has a balance of 110 bucks. Team six, this includes Barbie Boy, went for 100 bucks. UE, what is that? You Garen? We've said this person before. And we were trying to figure out how to pronounce this person's yeah. name because it has like raging at the end of it or whatever. I have no idea how to we pronounce go with, this one. With your 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 raging, how about that? All right, for 185, 
We have Nikolai for 145. Why not be reckless for 15? Avencia for 30. And Nightmare for 5. This team has a balance of $20 remaining. Team 7 includes Joyce Lays for 90. Lamb Charizard for 140. S Clips for 160. Not a Monk for 55. Zoplin for 35. And Taze for 20. Balance 0 bucks for that team. Team 8. Includes Mopsy for 110, Floppy for 250. Do we ever decide if it's Floppy or Floppy? I don't think we've ever... Uh... We should ask because him and Veronica, they're married. Mm-hmm. They live in Minnesota, and they go to the Microsoft Store tournaments. So we're, we're so going we're gonna to try to go to the next one. So Hopefully they're there, yeah. and we can just ask them straight up. All right. Anyway, Floppy or Floppy went for 250. Beast Dish went for 30. Will Mannion for five, Bobetta Feta for fifty-five, and it looks like Defiled for fifty. Team balance is zero. Team nine includes Neuronical for one fifty, Telveric for seventy-five, Hyder for two fifty or not two oh five. Sorry, uh, Spar went for five bucks. QX for thirty, Flurry for thirty-five. Team balance is zero dollars. Team ten includes It's Exalt for sixty. Scion for 130, Corrupt for 95, Horosity for 30, Financial, yeah, Financial for 50, Halshi for 135, Balance is zero. And it looks like that's all we have for Rostermania this week. I think across the board, there's a good distribution of talent across teams. This is why I like this draft format, right? Because I can see, I can see team one. Team two, let's see, team four, what else do we got? Team six, team eight, and team ten. I can see doing some pretty big things here. But then again, I think every team has a chance, especially considering the season hasn't technically started yet. So we'll just have to wait and see. I think the most expensive player was Floppy or Floppy for two fifty, which is crazy to me. Um, Aaron Aimbot went for two hundred, and um, Turtles went for two fifteen. So it looks like there's some big heavy hitters out there, but it's up to those big heavy hitters because you got to look that, you know, maybe the team's not completely balanced. They have might have right. more of those thirty. $40 players where maybe someone else spread it out a little bit better, but you never know. I think it all comes down to how the team gels and plays together. Exactly. And if they just, if they work well together and make it work, they can, uh, it all depends. Right. We'll, have to, we'll have to see how things play out. We'll have to wait and see. Yes. Yes, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with like, like most things we talk about in this podcast, yes. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Um, no, hopefully they get a lot of scrims in. Um, hopefully we can see a lot of gameplay and yeah, see what see how they're doing, see where they're going. And I can't wait for the matches to start up for the league. I think the season's going to be great. All right. Is that it for us for Mania? That's all we got. Then it's time for COD. Another game, so watch. William Boyer, I have some information for you. Okay. And the listeners out there, whether you're in your car, on your treadmill, maybe you're grabbing a snack from the fridge. You know, Will likes his cheese sticks. 
I'm going off the rails again. All right, back to it. Spartan announces new free agency. This is by Spartan over on Twitter, and I quote, free agent for all the upcoming Gears 5 qualifiers and events. Can attend San Diego, etc. Schedule is pretty open for the most part. Played a ton of Gears 3 way back. Skipped Gears of War 4. Still a bit rusty, but I'm grinding like eight plus hours a day. Retweets appreciated. A lot of people were commenting on that tweet saying that they've seen him play um, and they've They've played with him in the past, and they said that he's a phenomenal player and uh, even more phenomenal teammate. So I think, based off every, all the rec, all the accommodations that he's receiving from people in that tweet, um, I hope to see him picked up. I think it'd be great. From the outside looking in, though, you did go f- last year from Halo, oh, to Rainbow to Six, Rainbow Six yeah. now to Gears. So that, as um, someone who doesn't know everything about him, it might be scary looking that he's transitioning game to game to game. Right. And he hasn't really stuck somewhere. So hopefully what people are saying about him is true and he is a phenomenal player. I don't doubt that he's not a phenomenal teammate. Right. That's, you know, um, seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. Um, I liked his uh, Ryan New feud back in Halo. It kind of fueled that passion. Oh, and- he'll be back too. Yeah, for Infinite. Yeah. I think he'll come back. Oh, he will. I think he said he will. So, um, oh yeah, hopefully he can do good things in Gears. Yeah, I hope so as well. Um, next part of COD and other games watch, we have parent company Overactive Media to shut down Splice brand as part of restructuring. This is by Richard Lewis of Dexerto. Or Dexerto? Did we, did we find out how to pronounce this actual website's name? I think it's Dexerto. Okay. Either way, if, I, if it's wrong, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh... The article, and I quote, Overactive Media, the parent company that owns esports brands Toronto Defiant, Call of Duty Toronto, Mad Lions, and Splice, has decided to shut down the Splice brand as part of a restructuring within the company. Employees affected by the decision contacted DeSerto with uh, the news after they were notified and offered severance packages. The final closure will take place in December with OAM heading into 2020, focusing on the Toronto-themed brands. Quote, OAM came and told us we had the choice to stick around until December or we could leave now with severance pay, end quote, said one affected employee. Quote, the majority of the staff uh, took the payout, so a lot of people left Splice yesterday, end quote. It's not clear how many staff this decision will affect in total, nor what the future of Marty Strix will... Oh, God. Strenzewilk. Strenze... Yeah. Strenzewilk. Strenzewilk? Yeah, we'll go with that. All that's, right. that's a name. That is a name. The former CEO of Splice turned senior vice president of team operations for OAM during the acquisition will be. One former employee suggested that Strensawilk will uh, was extremely disappointed with the decision and would be considering his options moving forward. Splice, oh. formed in 2015, what? what? There's, there's different spelling of the name throughout this article, so I think it's Strensawick. Strensawick? Wick, yes. Okay, Strensawick. Splice, formed in 2015, was purchased by Overactive Media in November of 2018 with an undisclosed fee. The formal, per- the formal purchase was announced shortly after it became known that Splice had been awarded a slot in the Riot Games European Franchise League, LEC. According to one former employee, the strategy now for the naming of League of Legends franchise is to rebrand the Splice team as Mad Lions, a Spanish esports organization that was acquired by OEM in May of this year, and that the Spanish LOL team would be dropped as a result of this. Reasons for the closure aren't entirely clear. The Splice brand represented the oldest and uh, therefore most storied in their portfolio, as well as having the broadest social media reach due to its housing teams in multiple multiple titles. 
One source affected by the layoffs told us that internally the staff suspect it is just for financial reasons. Quote, personally, I think they're doing it because of taxes. End quote. They told us, quote, it is more expensive to pay American employees for a Toronto-based company. End quote. Another said that the focus on the franchise model also made more financial sets for the company as it freed them from supporting multiple teams competing in open circuit systems. Quote, they have three franchise teams in three of the biggest esports franchise leagues. Doing this enables them to drop teams that don't generate any value for them and lets them focus on League of Legends, Overwatch, and Call of Duty, end quote. Sad to see. Yeah. As a, I mean, if the company's looking at its financials and seeing that this brand they're running isn't making them money, I mean, it makes sense that they would essentially drop it or t- cut ties. Business is business. Business is business. Unfortunately, it does affect real people. Yes, it does. Um, hopefully they can find a spot still within the esports industry if they have that talent um, for, you know, and what they do there with, with Splice, they, they should be able to find another spot or hopefully they could um, maybe look back at going, if they, if they feel going back to overactive media, they already have rapport with that company. They can say, hey, this is what I've done with Splice. Let me work on Call of Duty. Let me work on League of Legends and make that step up to the franchising teams and maybe make more money there. Awesome. I like the way you think, Will. Next up, we have COD Franchise Rosters Announced. This is by CDL Intel on Twitter, and I quote, for full rosters, here we go. In Atlanta, we have Simp, Abizi, Priesta, Major Maniac, and Cilium. In Chicago, we have Skump, Formal, Gunless, Arcities, and Envoy. In Dallas, we have Clayster, Crimsix, Hook, Illy, and Shotzi. In Florida, we have Mo, M-A-U-X. Is it, that right? The X would be silent there, right? Or is it Mox? I think it's Mo. Mo. Yeah. Skies, Frosty, Pristini, and Havoc. In London, we have Wuskin, Scraps, Dylan, Jurd, and Raided, maybe. In Los Angeles, which is the Immortals team, we have TJ Halley, Dashy, Slasher, Kenny, and Jcap. In New York, we have Accuracy, Temp, Attach, Zuma, and Zero. In Seattle, we have Octane, Enable, Slacked, Karma, and Empathy. In Florida, we have Mo, Mo again. Oh. Never mind. These Florida's are already stated. A, Florida's a repeat. Yep. Thank you. In London, we have... Oh, wait. Not 100% sure on Rated, but I think he's there. As far as I know, Alex is not on this team. Okay? So these are just updates. For um, the LA team, which is the Immortals team, I believe this is where Ar- uh, Aches and Decimate are since they didn't end up going to Minnesota. I've heard some other names, but don't know if this roster is set yet, though. Okay? So this is from CDL Intel. This is what he's saying. For the Paris team, this might be the franchise Sensor keeps saying he's with, but a lot of people I ask say they don't know, so it's a 50-50. In Toronto, still the same Looney, Brack, Methods, Lucky, Metals, and Cleans and Clean X. Uh, don't know else they'll get or who's official or who's starting or not. Yes, that one's kind of up in the air. And then for Minnesota, uh, God RX, Silly, and Assault. No idea who the final two are, but it's not Aches and Decimate anymore. Okay, so Minnesota, we're still waiting for the final roster on for sure. Um, so far, I like the Dallas team. Oh yeah, that's scary. Um, that Chicago team, Chicago is team terrifying. Is stacked. Yep. So I well, think they're going to have a big force. So here's the thing. Here's the thing to me. 
that okay, so you had United win the last world champs, if I'm not I mean, no, yeah. Right? Wasn't it hundred thieves? No, hundred thieves didn't win Oh not worlds. worlds. Gotcha. Yes. E United. I think E United won, yeah. Um if you haven't noticed, a lot of the, a lot of those teams are broken up now. Mm-hmm. Which means I think that I we're going to talk about franchising later on in the episode, but just what happened here with these rosters, I'm all for more competition, right? People love seeing Tox win everything and whatnot, but like the facts that Lux won the last Halo Classic, right? It was huge because nobody was expecting it. So having all of these major teams broken up and having these players land on different rosters for different cities I think this is amazing. Like you're, I think the competition is going to be unbelievably close if these teams can gel correctly, right? Because you have players that have been competing together on the same team for so long, and now they're just all of a sudden broken up. And we now we did hear about the Crim Six situation last week, but here, like a lot of these teams have so many phenomenal players on them from all around. And I, oh man, I'm so excited for this season. I think this is going to be insane seeing what comes of this. Our team's going to work well together. Are there going to be, like, are there going to be further shakeups depending on how the franchising works with Call of Duty? I, I, I have no idea, man. This is so bizarre. This is so bizarre to me. Like, you, this, listen to this. Listen to this. That Dallas team, you have Clayster. One of E United's, like, just the, I would, fuck, I'm just going to say, he is the face, he was the face of E United, okay? It, people now might argue, and that may say simp now, but because he won MVP and whatnot, but that's besides the point. Clayster was, like, the face of E United. Then you have Crim6, which is, I mean, him and Skump were, like, the face of Optic Gaming, right? Then you have Hook, which became the face of Envy, Right? Then you have Shotzi coming up because he's now he's, he's finally old enough to compete being 18. That seems insane. Insane. Like, this, I can't believe this. The, the, oh, my God. The amount of talent that are, that's on each of these teams, you, you don't really know who's going to win going into right. it. And you could really put any team in front of the other and no one can argue with you based on insane the amount of skill that's here. And the balance of skill. That's a big thing. The balance of skill throughout the rosters. It's going to create for a highly competitive environment. Yes. And isn't, that's what's going to draw on the people. I can't wait. So it's Scum, be good. formal, gunless, and arsonies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. Kenny, TJ, Dashy. Oh, my God. This is it. This, Josh I is losing his mind wait, over dude. here. I can't wait. Like oh I, my God. I really hope that every single player on these teams gel completely because the amount of competition that's going to show. So, like when we watch Tox play, right? You you just kind of expect, oh, it's going to be a three zero, right? So on and so forth. I mean, now the competition's getting better and better with this revival of Halo Three coming in the mix, with with Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming out, with these teams being the way they are. Hypothetically, if they all gel perfectly, right? We could see so many game five situations. It's unbelievable. Like, the, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, 
that's it though. That's all we have for COD and other games. Watch. God, another games to watch. <laughs> What's next, Josh? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a little segment we like to call Will's Adventures Within the Overs. Will, what'd you play this week? Um, I jumped into some Apex. Did you? Yeah. Did you see they announced a new character? No, I did not read into I did not look up anything. I forgot the name of the new character. Do you know what their ability is? No, they. Ju- I think they only showed like a, a cinematic thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll have to look it up after this. Yeah. But um, they took out, they took, they took out, to- wait, they removed. I mean, took out, yeah, could be used I, to. I don't know why my brain's it's not okay. like continuing the <laughs> sentence after that. They removed armed and dangerous, which armed was and dangerous. their mode that was shoddy snipes. That's oh. all that was on the map. Oh. And I enjoyed it so much. That sounds fun. Yeah. So it's either real up close and personal or trying peacekeepers. To, yeah. With peacekeepers <laughs> and it got a little annoying, but sure. it, it, it was, I had the most fun in that game mode. Were there more um, like hop ups on the map for those weapons too? Did you, did you experience that? Or was it just like the baseline? That's I think there was, I think there was a little more than usual. I would say there was. Um, okay. So yeah, it was, you know, a lot of long range battles, a lot of close range battles. Some people are just crazy with those snipers. Like I wouldn't even see the shot come in and all of a sudden head and shot him down because in that mode too, there's nothing above white armor. Oh, so God. there's, there's a lot less. It's, it's, so if you get domed, you're done. Yeah. It's, it's mainly game. It's, it, you rely on your gunplay. Was it everyone against themselves or was it still team based? Nope, 3v3. Okay. So it was, it was very much reliant on the, the gunplay, which I liked. Yeah. Um, that's good that's good and then there i mean honestly there was so little armor on the map maybe only one person on your team would have it sure so yeah it made for some interesting battles and you know trying to do we want to take this at distance or do you want to rush it because if someone catches you rushing they might have the 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 jump on you and be able to one shot you with right with anything to the head so um yeah it was a fun mode they took it out like midway through the week, probably when they had an update on like Wednesday or something. Okay. And I was a little sad it was gone, but I get it. The uh, season two just ended. Okay. Season three is going to be coming out, I believe, October 1st. Which means that's when the new character's coming new and character, all that fun stuff. New might, season yeah. pass. Or battle pass. Battle not season pass. pass. But yeah. So yeah. Um, played a little bit. Didn't get... I, I don't know if I got any wins. If I did, I probably got carried. But don't sell yourself short. I, I'm, I'm not You can get great. the kills, Will. Okay. Whatever you say, Josh. Thanks, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, played a little Apex. I tried literally 30 minutes before we started recording the Modern Warfare beta on PC. Yes. My first game, I went 3-14. and 14. I, It was not glorious. What did I, you play? Um, did you just play, like, the quick play playlist? I think was, yeah, quick play. Okay. So, it was, like, Domination was the first game. Okay. Um. I had no idea where I was on a, on the map. Sure. I just jumped in and went. And uh, people were already ranked like 30, which is nuts. Like they must have been doing nothing but playing all weekend. And that was like most of the lobby was hot, like like 20 to 30 ranked. And then me. So I'm running around just trying to figure out where the hell I am. And uh, right. these people are already pros. So <laughs> <laughs> 30 means pro. Got it. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me anyway. Sweet. Um, 
second game I did a lot better. I went like 18 and 10. Nice. So yeah. kind of got the groove a little bit. Um, when you first start, you only get like the LMG something else and something else. That's they're not great guns. Right. You have a few classes to pick from yep. that are pre-made. Yep. As yeah, I think every call of duty, like when you first start out, you do that. Yep. So yeah. I just ran with the LMG kind of had to learn what range to be at for it. Sure. And I think that's, you know, the first game was four. Um, in the second game, I unlocked the AK-47. Nice. Which I destroyed with. I like that gun. It's my favorite gun in the game so far. Awesome. And, yeah, I got to play a little bit because it closes out tomorrow at, like, noon. Good to know. Maybe so, I'll try to get a couple games in, too. Tonight. Yeah. And then I did play some Halo 5. Um, It didn't go well. The the rankings are still really unbalanced because of the population. Yeah. Games can get snowbally now. It gets really frustrating. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I didn't rank up. I ranked down. Thumbs up. <laughs> womp womp. And the, but yeah, that's all I played for the week. Um, really not a lot. I spent most of my week catching up on breaking bad. Ooh. Not, not catching up, but rewatching. How far are you now into it again? I mean, um, I'm almost on season five already. Wow. I think I'm just like a couple episodes away from finishing season four. See, you and I talked about it, and it it took me a while to get into that show because I thought season one was too slow. But as soon as I got into season two, I was I was hooked immediately. That's the that's the whole thing with the show, though, is the build up. The build up, yeah. Yeah. No, I respect it completely, and I I now like after I watched fully through it, I realized, oh, this is why this show is one of the best that's ever been made. It and was, it's true, it is. It was done so well. Yep. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Games aren't really catching my eye right now. Nothing's, like, pulling me in like, you need to play this. Right. Um, COD was pretty fun today. That, yeah. That would be probably the new thing um, that I'd be most excited for. But I, I need something. I need something new. Destiny 2 Shadow Key. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. It's okay. I, yeah. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do. Anyway, what did you play, Josh? Thank you for asking. Well, I played some MCC on the Xbox, obviously. Community play date. It was a good time. Um, On PC. So I broke these out by what platform I played them on because I actually played a decent amount of things. I played Final Fantasy XIV. I'm still leveling up. Still having a good time. I want to change classes, but I'm waiting. Uh, I played some Forza Horizon 4. I still like that game. It's really, really fun. I'm playing the Lego expansion game's dope as shit uh i played some call of duty modern warfare obviously the uh open beta also pre-purchased it because i'm a loser i'm just kidding i think it's gonna be fun i uh, we were talking in discord and maddie i think was talking about how he's looking forward to a good cod campaign after a while same here man um yeah i i genuinely enjoy call of duty campaigns and i'm glad this one has one can you do multiplayer on the campaigns or is it still solo i do not know That'd that be is interesting to see if you can roll with the squad or not. That is a good question. Um, the thing that I do like the most, though, and it's what everybody's talking about, right, is the crossplay with. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So the thing that I love the most is that, like, I'm one of those people that's going to be playing with a controller on PC, right? It's just it's more the game is more fluid on PC, but I use the controller as an input. I just feel more comfortable with it. But knowing that I'll be able to play against Xbox and PS4 players with or and PC players with a with a controller as well, just makes it all the better. So you never really, you never really feel like you're at a disadvantage. Did they say if there was an opt-in or opt-out for controller players on uh, console? I don't know for certain. 
I thought they were going to do something like that, but I don't know for certain. Don't quote me on it. Have to look into it more. Okay. Um, on mobile, I played Grindstone and What the Golf. Uh, okay. So for those who don't know, so Will, you and I have iOS devices. Yep. Right. We have iPhones. Yes. Um, the Apple Arcade. Okay. It's there. It's Apple subscription service for mobile video games, and it's like five bucks a month or whatever. But you can get a month for free. Okay. So I obviously signed up for the free trial for a month. And the two games that I'm really liking so far are Grindstone and What the Golf. Check them out if you can. Okay. And then finally on PS4, I finally started. Oh my. Yep. I finally started Marvel's Spider-Man. How was it? Well, let me just say on that new TV I got, oh, good Lord. That game looks amazing. No, you don't have the pro. Nope, right? I do not. Standard I have a standard. PS4. I have a standard PS4. Um, but like, this isn't me trying to flex or anything. But I'm just going to say this. I got uh my okay little moment for myself here. A TV that I've always wanted since the technology ever got announced. Okay, this is when I worked at Best Buy years ago. Right, LG announced that they're coming out with OLED TVs. Okay, I have an old Panasonic plasma in my bedroom that I love. I think the picture quality is amazing. It's right before plasmas got fully phased out. Okay. Again, this is right when I started working at Best Buy. Everybody was waiting for a technology to come out that would meet that or surpass plasma, like visual fidelity. Okay. OLED was going to do that. But the problems were, oh, one of the biggest concerns is image retention, AKA burn-in because plasmas have the same ordeal, right? But technology have gotten so advanced now where they, they have technologies built into the TV to prevent these things from happening. Okay, you have to you have to have that image on for literal days, weeks, months in order for it to stay on. Okay. So I finally did what I said I was going to do so many years ago, and I purchased my my first ever LG 4K T uh, 4K OLED that I've wanted forever. Um and it's it's stunning when you watch the correct content on it. Obviously, cable doesn't look the greatest on it, but when oh man, and on a standard PS4, the game still has HDR. Yeah. It looks stunning. And to put things into perspective for you, Natana was in the kitchen, right? I started the game, and the first thing you see is a cutscene, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's rendered in engine. Okay, so it looks like the game does. Natana's in the kitchen and she's like, What are you watching? And I'm like, Oh, it's it's just Spider-Man. She's like, Oh, I don't remember this scene. And I'm like, no. And it's, it's the game. She's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, it looks that damn good. I can only imagine what, what God of war looks like on that or the last of us part two. Oh my God. I am going to play all my games at your house now. No, I, <laughs> dude, I, I swear to like, again, I'm not trying to flex. I'm, I'm being serious here. This is something I've wanted for oh, so, we know. We know. so long. Yeah. We, I want you to come over and experience this too. Just, just yes. I want, I want as many people to experience this as possible. Like it's, Oh my God. Um, when I watched Endgame on it, Avengers Endgame, I literally stood up from my couch and was screaming at how good it looked. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Crazy. Yes. That does it for the games I played though. How, how is, how far into Spider-Man are you though? You didn't say anything about the game. <laughs> Sorry. It's oh my God. I feel so bad now. Um, no. So, I beat, let's see, I finally, got, I, I, still very early on. Have you played? I haven't it? played it okay, at all. Okay, so I'm still near the very beginning of the game. 
And what happened was I beat like the first, like, I'm going to call him. I'm not going to say he's like the boss. I'll say mini boss, whatever. He just, he opens the game up. I guess you could say, um, I'm in the open world. Now I've gotten some of the suit collect, like suit unlockables because there's many different suits you can get in the game. And like Dr. Octavius is your friend. Which really? Is, I mean, I don't know how far that's going to last or yeah. how long that's going to last. But as of right now, he's, he's your friend and, and uh, like colleague. Um, you, you work together with him and no, I, I actually, so the, oh my God, this game is triggering all of those. Oh, I I'd like those little check marks, you know, it's, it's triggering the check mark, the check marks of my mind where Assassin's Creed does the same thing, you know, where they have like the watchtowers you go up and you can synchronize and it unlocks areas of the map. Yeah. Okay. So it's triggering all those senses for me and so you go and you, uh, you un, you unlock like security transmitters or security towers, and they kind of show a little bit more of the map. They show you the collectibles that are on the map as soon as you unlock it, and blah blah blah. So I went around the entire city and did all those. So the entire map is on like is shown to me now. So now I can go get all the collectibles at one time if I want to. I can continue the story. It's just one of those things I wanted to check off. You know, of course you get a trophy for it. So that little dopamine hit in my brain, like, Ooh, I got a little something for that. I'm going to go do the other things. Um, but yeah, I think the game's good. The combat's really fun so far. Swinging is phenomenal. And, uh, it just looks really damn good. And of course it's an insomniac game. And now that they're officially a Sony first party publisher is they got purchased by them. Um, I'm excited to see what they do next. I'm really hoping for another Ratchet and Clank game down the line. That's what I'll say. One of my favorite franchises of all time. Their remake was really damn good. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to do next. All right. Yeah. I, I, I got to play Spider-Man. You I did, have, Yeah, you I heard do. it was really good. Yep. Everybody's been saying it's phenomenal. And I'm like, I, I'm just going to press play. So I did. Um, I don't know what it is about me, but I've never been interested in like, oh, I got to get the trophies or I got to get the... Um, the achievements on Xbox. Sure. I've never been, I'm just, I want to experience the game. I don't really care about like the, like it's cool that a lot of it's there, but when I have to go out of my way to find something that, or to like do something that wouldn't re- normally happen in combat, sure. it's a little weird for me. That's perfectly fine. You can do, you can do whatever you, whatever you want to do. Right. Oh, I forgot. I played said Red Dead Redemption 2 as well. You want to know how you want to know what I did? You burn more bodies. No, I did. <laughs> throwback, <laughs> throwback. No, I did not. What episode did we talk about that? Oh, I have God. no idea. When, it first, when Red Dead first came out, man. Oh man, that was so funny. That was so funny. Oh no, I did not burn any more bodies. What I did do was, uh, so I realized I was so far away from a mission start point. So instead, I just got on my horse and I rode into like this little uh, farm area, and there's a little house. Somebody was doing farm work. And there's this little house. Some bandits rolled up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I popped their faces off. Apparently the farmer didn't like that. And so he, oh, no. he, he called in, like he phoned in the, the, the coppers. And I'm like, what, what? So I, I, uh, I looted his house and I bolted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, screw you, dude. Don't call me out. I saved you. Leave me alone. Oh my God. Yeah. And then you burned his body. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't burn any pots. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I love how you remembered that. 
was so <laughs> good. It was such a good moment too. No, I did not burn any bodies. Oh, oh, all right. That all is right. that is all I played. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going on for too long. All Will, right. it's time for the news. First up, happy birthday, Halo 3 ODST. This is by Halo over on Twitter, and I quote, ODST reporting for duty, sir. Ten years ago, Halo 3 ODST released, and we jumped feet first into the greatest battle Earth has ever seen. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Halo 3 ODST, well, just ODST in general, in a little bit. Stay tuned. Next up, Outpost Discovery Roundup plus Halo Infinite Forge First Details, exclusive by Connie of Forge Hub over on ForgeHub.com, and I quote, Undo redo buttons are coming to Forge. Cue the fanfare. Heavily requested undo and redo functionality is confirmed by 343 Industries. The ability to easily undo or redo your mistakes has been absent from every iteration of Forge since Halo 3 in 2007, and finally, after 13 long years, it'll be included in Halo Infinite's Forge mode. Undo Reduce inclusion aligns with Michael's comments about upping uh, Forge's capabilities to be more on par with professional level uh, level building software. The design of Halo Infinite's Forge seems to emphasize that Forge's accessibility shouldn't hinder its capability. With this small reveal and tongue-in-cheek hint towards the next iteration of the level editing mode, the community now has a better idea about where 343's priorities lie with Forge. Needless to say, we were all very reassured to learn Forge is getting the attention it deserves. That's fantastic. Hopefully that means there'll be less, uh, I don't know the word I'm kind of looking for here, less frustration with Forge. Then again, I don't know if it was very frustrating without that feature. I, I imagine it would be, though. Um, next up, uh, Mankey provides the updates. This is by Josh Mankey over on Twitter, and I quote, Ranked rotational update. We're planning on rotating the Halo 3 throwback playlist into ranked early for Halo 3's birthday on Wednesday the 25th. Head-to-head, we'll rotate back out till next time. Next up, Outpost Discoveries by Grim Brother one on Halo Waypoint, and I quote. Well, actually, this isn't a quote. This is just stating that uh, the article is actually going over everything from Halo Outpost Discovery, including some of the main stage features and a deeper dive on some of the lore. So check out that article, read through it, check out the videos that are included. Um, I'm glad that they took videos of some of the main stage content, because if you were at the event and you just didn't weren't able to see that stuff, they included some of it there for you. You can check out the interviews, the talks, all that stuff. It's all there. Speaking of ODST Slayer, we have an ODST Slayer article on HaloWaypoint.com from Unishek. Thank you, Will. And I quote, To help celebrate the upcoming 10th anniversary of Halo 3 ODST, we've launched the brand new ODST Slayer playlist in Halo 5. In ODST Slayer, players load into each match equipped with the Tactical Magnum and Silenced SMG, and will need to scavenge for power weapons around the maps. Although you may have a little more movement than your typical Helljumper with the inclusion of Clamber, Sprint, and Slide, we recommend that you don't peek around corners too far as the shield and health properties have been fine-tuned to replicate the feeling of Halo 3 ODST's health model. For those of you who haven't played Halo 3 ODST... This means that your health will feel lower, and therefore the lethality of every weapon will feel much higher. Together, all of these aspects create a well-balanced, nostalgic mode that ultimately results in a fun celebration of Halo 3 ODST's 10th anniversary. But what are the maps? We have Precinct by uh, Sicka, Me- Sicka Mechanico. Yeah, Sicka Mechanico and 343 Industries. We have Redacted by 343. We have Plaza ODST by Run Nokyard Run and 343. We have Empire ODST by Run Nokyard Run and 343. We have Eden ODST by Run Nokyard Run and 343. We have Coliseum ODST, Riptide ODST, Regret ODST, Overgrowth ODST, and The Rig ODST by 343. 
We hope you get a chance to drop into this playlist with friends and enjoy some Halo 3 ODST-inspired festivities. After all, as the saying goes, you know the music, time to dance. Josh, did you play any ODST Slayer? I did not. Did you? I did. You did? I jumped in. I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. But it's three-shot headshot. Oh. Which, which is actually kind of fun. Okay. If you can get the drop on some people, you can get some easy kills. Some of the maps I'm not a fan of. Um, just they're, the design's not what I like. But um, And some people just knew how to play it a little too well. Sure. There are um, some power weapons on the map. And yeah, I don't know. It's it was okay. It was okay. I had fun for a little bit. When you got the of course when you match up against the sweats and you're not trying to be that sweaty, it gets a little frustrating. But no, it was still it was still a good time. I, I enjoyed it. It was something different. Not the same slayer I'm used to. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see. Next news story. It's time for some competitive news. GT Halo announces next event by GT Halo on Twitter, and I quote, Introducing the North Halo CE LAN. Come and play with the top Halo CE players in Canada on Saturday, October 5th for a 24-hour LAN in Landlords GC. Break out the CRTs and get those dukes out on what should be a fun evening. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Silos is going to be there. And, um, you should, yeah, check it out. If you're in the area, be there. If you're not, you know, why not take a little vacation? Head on up to uh head on up to little Canada. You know? Don't you know? A little Minnesotan accent there for you. You betcha. Come on there, North there, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I feel fucking terrible. I'm sorry. Um no, but seriously, if you're in the area, you should definitely be there. I think that's gonna be a great event. And I believe Silas, like I said, is going to be there. Next up, we have Midwest Esports announces their next event by Midwest Esports over at eventbrite.com. Here's the information. Esports Festival in Kansas City, October 5th, 2019. It's a Halo 3, 2v2, and free-for-all $200 prize pool. Same day. Same day. October 5th. Oh, man. Are you going to do Halo 1 or Halo 3 or both? <laughs> Because, yes, you can be two places at once nowadays. You know, time travel. Yeah. If Avengers can do it, we can too. Uh, sure. All right. Well, that was interdimensional travel. My bad. All right, next up. I got really nerdy there for a second. It's okay. Thanks, man. Pen Halo announces their next event. This is by Pen Halo over at, again, eventbrite.com. Here's the event information. 2v2 Autumn Assault. We are proud to announce our second Halo 3 paid, per, uh, paid tournament. This event is a secured prize pool of $1,000, 32 team cap to start off. Again, it's $1,000 plus guaranteed in prizes. $600 for first, $250 for second, and $150 for third. You check out all the information included in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. Next up, MK Viable Manatee is looking for some feedback on his next event. This is by MK Viable Manatee on Twitter, and I quote, I'll be running a Splinter GG Cup on the 5th of October. <laughs> the third oh, event man. on the 5th of October. It's a popular <laughs> oh, day. man, it's hopping. It's straight hopping. 6 p.m. UK time starts. Which Halo will I run it on? The options include Reach, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3 MCC, and Halo 5. You can go ahead to the poll in the tweet. Make your vote. If you're curious, Halo 5 is currently winning. By a pretty large margin, I thought, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
So make sure to get your vote on. Next up, back in action, get ready for some Griffball by Priest XYZ of Play Griffball. This is an article on playgriffball.com. And I quote, Welcome back. Griffball is back. Yes, you read that correctly. And we've got a slate of tournaments for you to get your Griffball fixed before we the start of the next AGLA season. Honorary head of events, booster, and community member, uh, not before ever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Has stepped up to the plate once again to offer prize support for not one, not two, but three. Did you get it? That was like a Tootsie Pop reference. One. Yep. Yeah. I got you. One, two, three. It's three bites, by the way. Uh, tournaments over the course of the next month. Each tournament will have a prize support of $100. These tournaments are intended to give the community an opportunity to play the new offense, defense, and score fest variants in Halo 3 Griffball, as well as the normal Griffball variants that we currently play. At the end of the tournaments, we will assess how things went, take feedback from the community, and then determine which game type to use for the upcoming AGLA season. Here's the tournament outline. Signups for the tournament will take place in the Play Griffball Discord and open each Sunday the week of the tournaments in the events discussion thread. Once it has been officially announced that signups are open, the first 16 people to post Sign Me Up will be eligible to, to participate in each tournament. A wait list will form for any signups thereafter in case of no-shows. Uh, Not will ca- uh, categorize 16 players that show up on the game night into four tiers. He will then randomize the teams into four teams, with each team containing one player from each tier. The first round will be round-robin style. Each team will play three games each. For the offense, defense, and score fest variants, a win will result in three points, a tie will result in one, and a loss will result in zero for your team. The two teams with the highest point total will move on to the final round for a one-game winner-take-all match. All games are to be neutral-hosted. But the fun doesn't stop there. During the week of the tournaments, we will have at least one night dedicated to running late league, featuring the game type that is being played in that week's tournament. We want to give everyone a chance to play the game types and just have some fun playing Griffball. As thank you to all those who support the upcoming events by volunteering a neutral host or host late league lobby, those individuals will be placed in a raffle that will be held at the conclusion of the final tournament featuring prize support from Not Be Forever, Priest XYZ, and anyone else who decides to chip in from now until the end of the tournament. So what does the schedule look like? For offense defense, on September 22nd, signups for offense defense tournament open. On the 24th, late league featuring offense defense game type at 9 EST. And then September 25th, offense defense tournament at 9 EST. That's PM, by the way. So a few days left, which means it's the day after this episode posts. For the score fest, September 29th, signups open. On October 2nd, Late League featuring Scorefest happens at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And then October 3rd, Scorefest tournament at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And then Classic Griffball, first to five. On October 6th, signups open. On October 8th, the Classic tournament. And then October 9th, the Late League featuring Classic game type at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And then finally, the American Griffball League of America signups. October 11th. Mark it on your calendars. It's going to be hot and spicy. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Competitive Griffball is amazing. Matches, like, are super close. Or they, they can be super close. Will, the final piece of news for you. The big one. The one everyone's been asking for on Twitter time and time again. 
DreamHack Halo series has been announced. This is by DreamHack over on dreamhack.com slash Halo. Here's the event information. DreamHack Atlanta. It is happening November 15th through the 17th, 2019. Halo 3, $50,000 prize pool, 76 teams. Qualifier information. We'll be holding four online qualifiers throughout October for people to gain points towards seeding at the event. Please note that these qualifiers are for seeding only. Which probably means no prize pool associated with those. Yeah. And for those worried about attending the event and some noise complaints, don't worry. Tashi has some information for you. On Twitter, he and I quote, For those interested, Robin Nymans reassures me that the concert should not interrupt the tournament at DreamHack Atlanta 2019 because of the scheduling adjustments made, later concert start, as well as the air wall that we block out the sound. Big thanks to DreamHack for addressing this head on. Yeah, that was a big complaint last time, for sure. Will, I think it's time for some upcoming tournaments. Oh, wait. That does it for the news. There you go. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You had your you had your finger ready on the button. I'm thinking to myself, we're not, I mean, yeah. Okay, I'm an idiot. It's time for some upcoming tournaments of the week, Will. On September 24th, we have Blam Gaming Halo Series Preliminary number four. On September 25th, we have the LFTG Halo 5 2v2. On September 26th, we have the HPL matchups, including Bed Bath and Beyonce going up against the Strong Survive. And then we have Hype and Positivity going up against Martial Punishment. On September 28th, we have two more HPL matchups for you. It's Team Zero versus Johnny Ilas Dinos. And then we have Jester Plays going up against FTP. And then on the 29th of September, we have the Europa Halo Halo Wars 2 World Series Qualifier number three. It's the last one, by the way. And then we also have the Microsoft Store Halo 5 2v2 that Will and I are going to attend. It's on a Sunday. The question is... Vikings game, recording... Oh, man. Is that the one at 325 as well? I think they go late, so we might have to record on Monday night. We'll make it work. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. We just want to stop by and say hi. You Realistically, know? yeah, we're not competing. Yeah, we just want to check it out. We want to talk to some people, maybe take some photos, you know, check out some gameplay, some top tier. I just touched your foot. Thanks, man. I was going to put my foot over here. It's okay. We, we sit we sit across from each other at a desk. Both our legs are underneath said desk. We're looking at each other deeply into each other's eyes as I graze your foot. Um, <laughs> that's it for the tournaments upcoming of the week. Will, what do we got for the tournament and league recaps of the week? We're going to start off with the SWAT Nation Femme Fatale redo results. In 7th and 8th, we have Monza and Murley. And then obviously Queen and Dreamy Dream. In fifth through sixth, we had uh, Pink and Elegance. And then Kitchen Bound and Lady Echidna. I never know if I'm saying it right. Echidna. Either way. Uh, fourth place, we have I Bloodrina and Chong JRR. In third, taking home $100, was Command Station and Pink Cat. Second, they took home $150 bucks, was Divine Damsel and Queen. And in first place, was Veronica and Minx taking home two hundred fifty dollars? Um, the next one is SWAT 
Nation Swatterino Cappuccino FFA results, which I think Josh has for us. I do. So the the reason why these weren't included in the show notes for Will to read right away is because the tournament was still going on as we were recording. So Will, yeah, if you want to open up the bracket link that I have included. Do, 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 do. I don't want to get sued by Jeopardy. Do, do, so stop do, doing do. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, then scroll over to the right, and you should see in red the grand finals. Do you see what I am looking at? Yeah. Read through them. Top to bottom. Top is first place. Bottom is last. All right, so first place was Llama Lotion. It came in, it looks like, with 43 kills? I think so. I believe that's what those stats are. All right. Next, in second place, was S. Sicky with 31 kills. Third place was Free Stress, also with 31 kills. Then we go by assists, I believe. Assists, yeah. Or deaths. No, it'd be, it'd be assists. It'd be assists. Um, in fourth place was Falcated. 31 kills again. In fifth was Smoke You Dig. 29 kills. And... This name again. This it keeps popping up. I think it's you. I think it's like you're raging. I, I think it's that's what I'm supposed to go with. You're raging. Twenty six kills, twenty eight assists. I think fifty four deaths. Very nice. MVP went to Llama Lotion. Well, they won the thing, so they did win the thing. Considering it's a single play, <laughs> FFA. It was their first ever. It was SWAT Nation's first ever FFA. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, think about that. A SWAT FFA? If you're just popping heads, you're, you could just sit in one spot. Yeah, it'd be crazy. If your shot's on. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the topic, I want to say this. That Femme Fatale tournament, okay? That grand final was insane. So it went to two best of sevens. The second game, it went to game 14, which was game seven of the second best of seven. And the losers bracket team that came back won the whole thing in a nail biter, 25, 24 insane. And not, not, that's not just like, let me, let me put things into more perspective here for you. So Veronica and Minx took it, right? They got dropped into losers early. They had to fight through all the way through losers, make their way back up, make it to the grand final where Divine Damsel and Queen were waiting for them, take it to the first best of seven, win that out, take it to the second best of seven, go to a second game seven, 25, 24. (laughs) Oh my God. It was one of the most, it was just one of the most engrossing grand finals I've seen in so long. It was so good. Oh, SWAT Nation doing it right. All right. That's what we have for tournament league recaps for the week. Josh, what's up next? We have our weekly topic, Will. It's a big one. Esports franchising. So there's a lot of news, a lot of speculation, a lot of thoughts around this. Um, We gave this kind of like a two-week, it's like our two-week topic. I guess you could say, wanted to scrub through everything that we got, uh, wanted to formulate some pins of our own, and let's just get right into it. So, again, the topic of the last two weeks, esports franchising as a whole, 
And then I guess you could include in there, like, should Halo have it? Will Halo have it? So on and so forth. We are a Halo show, but I wanted this kind of to be overarching considering Call of Duty are doing it. League of Legends is doing it. Overwatch is doing it. It's it's a new thing in the esports scene, right? So here we go. On Twitter, it's Prof states, the current Activision model excludes all teams and orgs that don't have $25 million to get in. Not to count the minimum salary requirements and minimum team members that have to be on salaries. Personally, I don't like it. To add more, that's why the CDL, for example, only has nine franchises now. How do you run an entire league with just nine teams? Of course, Activision has made uh, $225 million just from that, but does that show they're only hungry for the money and don't care about esports at all? Great point. I want to just say, though. Go for it. I don't think it shows that they don't care about esports. The, I mean, they're investing in it. Clearly, they're inve- yeah, they're investing in it. And franchising means, or they're having them invest in it so they can make money off it. Sure. I mean, you can look at, you can look at it that way. But the fact is, franchising is gonna all it's done for the other leagues is bring more popularity to it. When you have set teams, when you have a team names rather than business names when you have regionality versus businesses people can get behind that more than uh, saying you know i'm a sure you can be a, a envious fan but you know there's a parent company behind it and all this right when th- it creates that you feel like you have kind of like a part ownership a of that bit. team like a- as a fan Right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be a fan of the Minnesota team no matter what. I want to buy merch already. They haven't even announced anything. I know. I know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it it brings loyalty Mm -hmm. to a brand when. So I don't think it's. People think of esports as this, what esports started as this, you know, people getting together and putting putting their own setups together and, and having this. And sure, that was the start in the beginning. But I feel like this is bringing it to the next level. Yeah. And I feel like it's not caring about esports. Maybe it doesn't care about the, it's, you can draw that line. This is like your game moving to the big leagues, right? right? You have to have those big league numbers to keep up with it. Sure. You can still put on other tournaments for my, but I mean, it's always been kind of the, the minor leagues, right? This is, the, I feel like this is COD saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make it a, and, and move forward. Right. The thing that I'm interested in seeing is considering how COD, the basic formula remains the same with every game release, but technically things change within every year, right? And it's a year, yearly release. So I'm excited to see how that transitions into the franchise aspect as well. Because like with League of Legends, Overwatch, you have a new character or, or, or whatever that comes into the mix and maybe the meta changes. Maybe there's a patch that comes out that changes how the meta works within the game. But the game basically stays the same throughout, Right. And I think that may lend itself more like better to the franchising aspect because maybe that way rosters can stay the same, so on and so forth. In regards to what you were saying about like taking their step into the big leagues, we've seen what can happen with the international for Dota, with the league of legends world championship, with the overwatch world league world championship with uh, now overwatch is doing their homestead events, right? Where the Dallas team will be in Dallas and they have home games. Mm -hmm. They have a stadium right? That they play in and so on and so forth. I think I, I agree with you. I think this is that, I think this is call of duty. Like you said, taking their step into that and they have like, they're behind Activision. So 
so yeah, I, Prof, I get where you're coming from because it is you're leaving. You they are kind of leaving the smaller organizations that you could say built esports. Right. You know, um, these are the people who who made it what it is. Like you could say, Hundred Thieves. Right. Optic Gaming, which is no longer Optic Gaming, but brands like that built esports, and now it is. I can see where it feels like they're just leaving them behind. But really, what it is is they're taking this business that isn't it currently isn't regulated um, and they're making it to where it can be. And these players can actually make a living off of playing. And right. I feel like it, it, it sucks where it's at, but it's at the point where they're, they are taking that step into making it better for the future. Right. Um, unfortunately, not everyone's going to have the bankroll to, to roll with them, but um, you know, there's, there's future possibilities that may be there. Right. And uh, I don't know if I included it within here, but Brian, Brian makes games was talking about how this doesn't necessarily need to be the norm, right? There, there doesn't necessarily have to be these $25 million buy-ins. Like this is just an example that was set. It doesn't technically have to be that way. The franchises could take a different approach depending upon the title that is being introduced, whether it well, be Halo or other things too. Yeah. Let me, so I pulled an article back when Overwatch League Okay. came about yeah and it was from um dot esports.com is an article by brian chang okay so when overwatch league came out yep. new owner of the new england patriots robert Kraft, bought in for 20 mil um joe lacob owner of golden state warriors purchased a team for a reported 30 million out of league of legends 13 million sorry um, 13 from, million. from okay. league of legends okay um Followed by the Cavaliers, the, the owner of the Cavaliers and Houston Rockets all purchased into League of Legends after that. Um, Robert Moore said, the growth of esports has allowed investors to engage with a young male audience that they otherwise would have trouble reaching. Um, Moore owns Phoenix One and was previously the vice chairman of Paramount Pictures. Phoenix One manages the Los Angeles Gladiators Overwatch League team on behalf of Stan and Josh Kroenke, who own the LA Rams, Denver Nuggets, and Arsenal Football Club. There was... There was always this uncertainty in esports because other than the top top teams, if you were a sponsor, you didn't know if your relationship with a team was going to last three months or three years. It definitely has evolved from a bunch of gamers organizing tournaments to now experienced business people with substantial investments really looking to turn this into something for the long term. So, I mean, Prof kind of hit on these points where, yes, it costs a lot to get in. It, you know, you're leaving some people behind. It feels like they're just kicking out all these old people. Um, but exactly like they said, they're turning it into a legitimate business. Right. And when there's that much money on the line, people are going to want to want it to thrive. There'll be sponsors stability. It's just going to generate more money and more eyes on esports. Now to put things in a little bit more perspective here, while those numbers may seem like a lot to us, considering where esports is going and how still technically this is still pretty a new a pretty new business venture, right? Yeah. That money is a piss in the bucket for everybody that bought in. Right. You're talking about owners of sports franchises that have been around for so long, that like literally uh, like $50 million would be a piss in the bucket for them. The amount of money that they make because of the sports franchise that they currently own. Robert Kraft, $20 million, nothing. It's literally nothing to him more than likely, right? The Golden State Warriors, like what, 13 million? Yeah. That is literally nothing to them. But that's something for us. That, that is the stepping stone, right? That's 
to me, them putting their money in like that is kind of like putting their feelers out there. I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean for esports. I don't mean to sound like this coming into the esports perspective, but maybe they're looking at it as, oh, I can throw money at that. Let's see if it sticks, right? Because if it does and they bought in at what they think is a low price and it keeps exponentially gaining, they keep exponentially gaining, right? This is just a win-win for them. And if they lost 20, 13, 50 million, whatever, that's nothing. And they can just write it off and be like, all right, well, whatever. Didn't work out. Yep. And they can use it. They can, they can probably legitimately write it off as a marketing campaign. Sure. Because that's what they're trying to do is market to younger people. Right. Now, I hope that we come to a point in time where now I'll, I'll talk about it later on, but like age restrictions is where I get a little iffy on these things. Oh, sure. But I, I, I hope that we get to a day where a, an esports player, regardless of the game that they're playing can make a hundred million dollars for a contract, right? You have some of the top uh, sports players in the world making over a hundred million dollars in their five, six year contract, depending upon, and then guarantees brand deals, so on and so forth. I hope we get to a day where esports personalities are able to make that kind of money as well. And, and just, because you have you have worldwide status at that point, right? You have your LeBron James, your Steph Curry, your Tom Brady, so on and so forth. You can have that as an esports personality as well. It's just a matter of time. But again, I'll just say it now, actually, um, because I don't want to forget it for later. Age restrictions. My problem is now the kid who won the Fortnite World Championship, right? Fantastic. That's unbelievable. I think that's like a crazy amount of money. Good for him. They set the rules. Okay. But there comes a point in time where now I don't know how contracts are written out. I don't know how prize distributions are written out, but the kid's not 18 years old. The kid's not legally an adult in the United States of America. So does he get that money? Well, Is that money his parents until he becomes of age? How are contracts written out for people that are under the age of 18? That's where it gets really iffy for me. Well, you can technically start working here in Minnesota. 16. Well, 15. 15. 15, I started working at McDonald's and earning my own paychecks at 15. Same. So, that's right. We worked together for like two weeks. We did work together, yep. That's crazy to think. And I booked out of there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, a whole country buffet. Anyway, I mean, legal age to work is 15, right? Right. So, I, I... if, if you're that age, like if you're starting to hire like 13 and 14 year olds, that can be a little iffy, right? Right. Um, I say as long as it's, if it blurs the line, yeah. it's like the same thing right now where they're talking about how college players don't get paid. Right. Yet they're, they're advertised and used as a booster for the school. Right. And I, I am a firm believer that NCAA players or just collegiate players should mm-hmm. be compensated. So absolutely. So, so my next question is, a lot of these professional players are using Twitch as a revenue and streaming service. Right. And if they are successful, then they are making money off it. Right. So nope. like, I guess people can look at the, look at it and be like, well, they, they play video games online for free or not for free, but they, they make money playing video games online when they're 13 and 12. Why can't they be signed to a team and make money? But there has, there's contractual right. obligations at that. Well, point. I mean, if you become a partner with Twitch, don't you have to, you do. Sign, that, sign is, a contract. that is very true. You, but at the same time, when you are when you are a partner with Twitch, you are technically self employed. Okay, right. So you pay self employment taxes, 
and you were you have to report those to the IRS, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to pay self-employment taxes. You're not you don't get a W2 from Twitch. You don't get a W2 from Amazon. Okay? You're not an employee of Amazon. You're not. You're self-employed. Now um I forgot if you get a 1099 or not. I think technically do. that means you're a contractor. Hmm. I do know I'm pretty damn sure you have to pay self-employment taxes on Twitch though. Cause you are self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's your channel. It's your brand. Right. Right. You're just using them as a platform and they take some of your proceeds, obviously. Yep. Um, but like when it comes to giant, like big organizations like this and like, again, that's it, it, like you said, it blurs the lines, right? So I, I think down the line, just like we have for NBA, NHL, NFL, there's going to have to be, they have like the NFL PA, which is the players association. Yes. And it's basically like, Hey, we set the rules and guidelines for what needs to happen to our players when they enter the league, what, what their contracts look like, what, what's okay. What's not. Um, and they have like, that's why you see, you've, we've seen it in NBA in NHL where there are um, like, years where they they're on the players are basically on strike because the NFL and the players association or the NHL and the players association can't come to agreement. And there's like a year without hockey and these, these professional players go play in wherever like other leagues or wherever it may be to, you know, keep fresh. But um, I think there needs to be something like that in esports where there's, yep. Hey, this like it's, it kind of sounds like a union and it kind of is. No, that's, but there needs yeah. to be another company that regulates yes. a third party that regulates this to make it seamless. Right. And I think I talked about it in the discussion as well, where like maybe each franchise should have like a board of directors type situation as well, where things are ironed out. I mean, like below the players association, right? So you'd have your players association that's mm-hmm. overarching that take care of everything. You, you may even have your, your commissioner, Right overseer of everything yeah for the entire league and then that for, would be that'd be activision right for could co- be for call of duty could be i would hope not i would hope it's somebody that is more well versed in because activision aren't making the game right they're just they're the publisher of it sure so it needs to be a separate business person yes Yes, it has the obviously the players' intentions in mind, because and they're the, league, the right. And it has yeah, to, it has to right. protect the like the commissioner's job of the NFL is to protect the players in league. That's why we've seen several rule changes over the last yes, years. Yes, and to, the helmet changes for the NFL to avoid, but it also has to protect the NFL because if you have players that are consistently getting hurt from concussions, yep, then you need to do something about it. So you're not only protecting the players, you're protecting the league from being sued. You're protecting future. They have to have both in mind. Yes, so they need to have somebody come in for that as well. And again, this is, it goes back to when I was saying like this money's kind of a piss in the pot, right? It's a stepping stone for something that could be ginormous, like gigantically bigger. And I'm hoping we get to that point, but these are, I hate to say that these are necessary steps that need to be taken place because I don't think that perfect formula has been set yet. No. And especially in the esports scene, considering how new it is. Right. I mean, we've seen other leagues, like other sports leagues come and go. Like there have been many attempts for other football leagues. Right. And the XFL is trying to come back right now. Yep. And the, what was the, the new one was like the AAL or something, this AAFL or something that sure. like popped up and then quickly went under because they tried to expand too fast. Yeah. So yeah. 
there's there's a lot out esports is so new it doesn't feel new to us because what we've been watching it for years but we've been like it's almost like the the underground is now starting to come above ground right and we're, we're starting to be noticed and this is this franchising is allowing it to expand into bigger things right if you think about it the nfl is 100 years old this season yeah 100 years of the of the nfl not not like when football was first being played, obviously, but when the National Football League was created, it's a hundred years since that happened, and rules are still changing, mm-hmm. right? The, there's so many things. There's so many gears turning every single year. And we're we're kind of we're we're making a lot of other professional sports reference because that's kind of like the business model that franchising is following, right? So exactly, and like Brian was saying. Maybe it doesn't need to follow that same type of scenario with the, with the money buy-ins. Yeah. But since these are the examples that we have to go off of, and we've seen them be relatively successful considering how long they're still going, it's, it's a, not necessarily the bar to set, but a good like representation of where things could be going. Right. Should we keep going with community comments? Let's do it up. So LFTG official states, it has its ups and downs. It stinks for the orgs, I'm sure, but the level of production the money brings is crazy. It can also be good for the players as it requires a minimum salary for players. So another couple of good points here. Yep. The level of production, it's going to, bringing that money in is going to create better looking streams, you know, better, like just better production all around. And plus now you've seen like, Cod Minnesota, they don't have a team name yet, do they? No. Um, but they they shown pictures of their facility. They're creating a facility for these guys to come practice every day to hold scrimmages. Yep. They're it's gonna it's like it's like a it's a professional player's dream right now. Like yes. where they're they're right now they're like practicing at home online. Like you have team houses, right? Like Hunter Thieves House, what it may be. Right. The optic the, hex the quarters. Optic. Yep. Um but now each team is going to have their own facility to be able to do what they want. And hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Um, it's nice to see that the Minnesota team has something yes. like that. I would like to visit it someday. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, but it's 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 going to bring another level of, um, like, p- players are going to want to be in the league. It's professionalism. It's professional. Yeah, yes. professionalism. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep. And the minimum salaries, yes, if... That's a huge thing for the players. If they're not bouncing teams every 30 seconds, you know, oh, some I had a falling out with some guy and now they're kicking me from the team. No, if your contract is, if you're obligated to that team for a certain ex- amount of time, you're, you're there. Right. You work it out with your teammates. So, um, yeah, good point that uh, it, it brings in some money. It does suck for the organizations that are there, like we've said before. Right. But it's part of progressing. And we've seen... And we know Nate shot went out on Twitter and was talking about how it's unfortunate that hundred thieves won't be represented in the CDL, but, uh, he's gotten waves of funding. Um, he's just going to get bigger and bigger. hundred thieves only going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, they're expanding into counter-strike, I believe is what he was talking about. And there's, there's so many different avenues that he can take. And once he gets to that, uh, larger level, which he undoubtedly will get to, he can revisit the CDL. Maybe there's something bigger that's out at that time that he wants to get into. Only time will tell. And in terms of the production, yes. We've seen what happens with Overwatch League. We've seen what happened with the League of Legends World Championship, Dota 2, so on and so We've seen what can happen when the when these amounts of money come into play, the stadiums that get like sold out. Sold out stadiums, right? You have that happen for musical acts, right? You you have 
like so, uh, Ariana Grande comes in, sells sells out stadiums, right? Taylor Swift comes, sells out stadiums. League of Legends sells out stadiums. Think about that. And yes, franchising is probably only going to make that bigger. Shane states, I think it's great for stability in the esports scene. It keeps out the fly-by-night orgs and adds a whole new level of stability and dependability. Really, it just makes the structure of that competition more uh, financially stable and, quote, legit, end quote. Sure. Professionalism, like we were saying before. Yes. Perfect. Trevor Vobble states, a double-edged sword. Great for some stability with players. Seems way too expensive to buy in, so only people with money can do it. There might need to be a union for players a la pro sports to counteract the top folks taking all the money. Also sad to lose uh, lower levels for competitive. The city-based model is going to take some time to get used to. A lot could be uh, said on the subject. As far as Halo is concerned, I don't think it's ready for it. It's going to need to grow fast for people willing to invest. Any points you want to make there? Um, we Usually we do our thoughts at the end, but right now we're kind of just going through them at, with each comment. Yeah, why not? So um, every I agree with everything, um, you know, Double-edged sword, great for some stability with players, like we're saying. Yep. Too expensive. It is for the current orgs, but there are people out there that are going to invest. That's the thing. If current orgs in the esports scene, yes. Um, but if we're thinking about this big picture, not yes. really. Um, like you said, union for players, all of pro sports, just like we said before. Yep. I agree with that. Sad to lose lower levels for competitive. The, with the... With the, the franchising, yeah. what I really want to see happen next is just like the Twins or the the Wild, well, for me, for those are the ones I know for sports, but they have, yeah. like, um, the Twins have, they call them farm teams. So they're AAA teams, AA teams, single A teams. And it's basically, like, it's your amateurs. And you're you're still signed with the Twins, but you're put in these lower-level teams, and that's like your, your development leagues. So that's like, you're, you know, so the, you have a chance to work your way up and people spend um, years in double A AA and triple A baseball waiting for their shot at the majors. And maybe that could happen with, with esports. Um, it's a great way to look at the, it. Uh, the wild have their, like, again, farm team down in Iowa, the Iowa wild. Um, the Vikings and all other pro NFL teams have their practice squad. They sign people for, you know, they're not making millions of dollars, but they're making a hundred. I think it's a, um, the minimum is a hundred grand a year. To be that's not a, something to scoff at. To be a, on a practice squad, right? Pra, like all you do is practice and try to improve yourself to maybe one day make it into exactly. the NFL. Yeah, and we've seen people come out of practice squads onto roster. We have. So, um, I think there needs to be something like that that goes along with the Call of Duty World League and League of Legends, where um, these players that are working on themselves aren't just out there and no one's looking at them. There needs to be like another league that's. Um, really, really taking care of these players. Right. And then if you think about it on the collegiate level, right, you have your NCAA and all that, and the players work their asses off. I mean, currently they're not getting paid, which is a shame, but they're well, working. You can counteract mm -hmm. that with their brand deals. Well, no, they, they can't get, I don't think they can get brand oh, deals. Are you talking about scholarships? Scholarships. Their sure. tuition's getting paid for. Yes, that's very true. But just looking at it at a, like, uh, gameplay level, right? They're working their asses off to try to make it into the draft is they want to be drafted by one of these professional teams. And usually when you're drafted higher up, that means you're expected to do well. You're expected to be a starter, so on and so forth. So it may, like you were talking about kind of melding the two things together, if they have those amateur leagues, like the professionals already do, right? Mm -hmm. Then those players can probably work their way up. And I imagine there's going to be a draft or hopefully, like I, 
I could think that there would be a draft at the end of each year in esports, depending upon the title that's being played. And then those players can be looked at me like, oh, I saw a lot of improvement in this person. This person can go in like the first round. See, see, that's the thing too. On a lot of sports, professional sports teams, you have, there's, so on professional sports, there's the risk of real injury. So you have backups on the team. You expand your roster. Very true. You don't need that necessarily for an esports team. I mean, sure, there's sicknesses, illnesses. Right. And they should maybe have one sub player. I would I think they do. Which, yeah. Um, so there is that, like, the draft wouldn't necessarily have to happen in esports sure. because, but they could draft for the, the amateur teams, possibly. You, Very true. You, you lose a player off your amateur team, you you draft someone in new. Um, I just want to be able to have that opportunity for those amateur players that want to take that next jump and get into the professionals. Sure. Um. Okay, back to Trevor. Yes. He says the city-based model is going to take some getting time getting used to. Um, for esports, maybe, but it's already out there for me. Um, you know, there's already professional sports that follow this, so it's it's really like, I, if you're not from one of the specific areas, I could see how it'd be harder because, I mean, we have a team in Minnesota, so we're like, go Minnesota. But if you're from Colorado and there's no Colorado team, who are you going to root for? Right. And I think for me, that's my problem with like Overwatch League mm-hmm. because I like the Dallas Fuel because I know Envy owns them. Yes, right? So I look at that as, oh, I know the Envy brand, right? I know that organization. I'm going to root for them. I like their logo. I think that looks cool. Go Dallas. I'm not from Dallas. I have no affiliation with Dallas. Um, but then when I heard when, when somebody, maybe it was Night Fox, or somebody said something about Call of Duty having a Minnesota team, I immediately latched on. Yep. Because I'm like, how often do we get that? We didn't even know the players yet. We didn't no. know what was happening. We didn't know what other teams, just nope. Minnesota, like that's our hometown. Right. That's us. It's exactly it. It's that it, it's that weird type of like sense of ownership. Yep. That oh, as soon as it's announced, it's like, oh, that's mine. Right. And so for the Overwatch League, it's hard because there isn't one for Minnesota. But I don't know. We'll see. The esports side is weird though. Um, so this is the one I was waiting to get into, but we'll talk about it now. As far as Halo is concerned, don't think he says he doesn't think it's ready for it. Yep. It's going to need to grow fast for people willing to invest. I completely agree. Yes. I don't think Halo's ready for franchising. Not yet. We haven't seen. I think the problem is is that and we we've talked about it countless times as well. Um, it's just the viewership, the playership. It's it's dwindling and it's been dwindling for years. The fact that it hasn't remained consistent, like league of legends has remained consistent ever since it came out of the scene. Like it, it, it had its peak. Maybe it'll get bigger, but like it's remained consistent, right? And that consistency is big. Okay? It's not just small. It's not small portions. It's big. Call of duty gotten bigger, been remaining consistent. Dota two. I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not franchised, but getting bigger, remain consistent, so on and so forth. Even Counter-Strike, for crying out loud. Halo? No. We haven't seen that peak ever, ever again since Halo 3. We haven't seen it. I feel like Halo like started, I feel like Halo started esports, but they've, you know, 
It was one of the first. It was one of the first, first person up. shooters. Yeah, yeah. So it started that competition. It got out in the limelight, and then other games came in and you know focused on it. And right. Um. I just at, at this point, what makes we kind of talked about this? What makes a game a good esports game? Yeah. Um. And you know we talked about competitive balance and all this and yep. um. But realistically, what makes Overwatch League, League of Legends, Dota, and now Call of Duty kind of stand above is the way they've been able to market themselves to players, market themselves to the community. And like with Call of Duty, there's something fresh and it changes every year. If the players don't like one piece of it, they only have to deal with it for a year. Um, There's constant updates to... League of Legends and new heroes and yes. whatever and whatnot. Yeah. Overwatch gets new heroes and what and, and new players and it and changes. Counter Strike remains the same. Yes, but that's technically good in that regard because you know what you're getting. Yeah, and Counter Strike has this kind of um, it's it's realism, right? Like one sure. shot headshot. There's there's it's. It's very strategic and it's only strategic. That right? is a it very relies, diehard classic game. Yes, it relies on gunplay yes. and knowledge, yep. map knowledge. Where with Halo, we've kind of uh, there, there was a, there was this the surge during Halo Three, and after four ODST Reach, like it, like since those games and even five, it's just been downhill. Yep. Um. I don't know if it's, there's so many factors that have gone into it. I don't want to like just point my finger at one, but there's been many factors that have led to the downhill slide from, from Halo. And I know I came in late me personally. It's okay though. I know, but I've, you know, I, I know I've learned from everyone out there what happened. Yes. So it's, we're at the point where like Josh was like, they said it's going to, like, Infinite's going to be a spiritual reboot, right? Right, that's what they said. So, if it is competitive, hopefully it changes for the good, and it brings something fresh that people have been looking for. It can put itself back in the spotlight. Yes. Now, are we going to get there right away? No, it's going to take some time. Right. Um. Honestly, I get that the pros want their voice. Mm-hmm but they have to voice it in the right way. I think personally from what I've seen, I think the pros have hurt Halo esports. Which cuz people come if people are looking from the outside, they're just seeing pros complaining all the time. And yes, they needed to complain because things weren't balanced, things weren't right. Who the hell wanted Spartan Charge in Halo 5? Ground Pound was horrible and competitive. It shouldn't have been there from the first place. They should have taken them out. And then map design was bad for competitive. Notice how Will did not say anything about Sprint. I think it's fine. I, I know it's you it always bring up Sprint. Goddamn it! Joke. No, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that point later. So, um, Halo Infinite, if they want, if three four three wants it to get to that level, they have to do it right by the community and the pros. Right, and that's the balance that they've had such that they had so much trouble finding. The, you know, the the casual community, I believe, loved Halo Five. I mean, I, I feel like the casual community loved every game. I mean, there's still professionals that love Halo 5. Yeah. Saiyan. Right. Um, Renegade. 
Right. Now, do they, Funny. I mean, we talked to Saiyan and he said there's some things he wished weren't there, like the maps being designed for Clamber. Right. Yeah. And, oh, Clamber. Um, but as a pro, I feel like you should voice your opinion, but deal with what they give you too. Now, like like the difference between Halo Halo and COD is COD gets a new game every year, where Halo, you're playing it for the same three years. Yeah, that or longer. May, that could be kind of where the interest doesn't peak with Halo because it is going right. to be around for so long. Um, and we've talked about the games of service model possibly coming to Halo with it being on PC and console and just like other games where... Infinite possibilities. In, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little long in the No, you're here. fine. You're making great points. Um, if it does go that route where it's a game service, they're going to have to have regular updates or things that change the meta to make esports interesting to like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to love it no matter what, because sure. it's competitive. It's halo. Yeah. It's going to be what it's going to be. But if you want to grow, you have to bring in the outside world to your game. Re like they have to be like, Oh, this is crazy. They have, you know, people, other people have to like it. If you want it to grow, if we keep catering to the niche community, it's going to stay within that niche community. So here's my counterpoint to you. Okay. Why does a game need to have something to change the meta? The, the, the thing that I keep going back to is Counter-Strike, Counter right? Because it doesn't have to change the meta to remain competitive, to remain in, like engrossing, right? But I understand that that game isn't going to have another one of those, more than likely. Like Counter-Strike Go, Global Offensive, the one that's currently being played on, um, that was... It was kind of not expected to happen because everyone was still playing Source. Yep. Um, but it did. Now the pros voiced their concerns. The players voiced their concerns. There were updates and it got to the state that it's in right now, right? And it's still being played. And I, honest to God, don't think there'll be another one. I think they're done. Like, I think they've made, in their minds, the quote-unquote perfect competitive shooter. They're going to stick with it, ride or die. Sure. Okay? Halo, I do understand, is a cycled release, right? You have your maybe three, maybe four years between releases. The game will change. And the joke I've consistently made is, oh, Halo Infinite, infinite possibilities. Maybe there doesn't need to be one after this. There's going to be. I think uh, there will be. The franchise will continue. That's obvious. But why does it, why does this need to, why does this need to be different? I think it's because we've had the same game for the last five years with halo five. Yeah. And we've seen what it, we've seen what it's done. It's, um, viewership was okay. Compared to previous viewership, not great. Right. But when it first released, it was good because it was the new thing, right? Right. Infinite will have the same ordeal. When it first comes out, everyone's going to be like, Oh my God, it's a new halo game. People who don't play halo normally. Oh my God, it's a new halo game. And based off what we've heard, there's going to be a November article this year that's going to talk about HCS on its anniversary and probably what's going to happen in the future. So we're, it sounds to me based off what was said in that previous article, that this article that we're getting in November will give us not necessarily the roadmap, but a little look inside as to what's going to happen for the future. So we're going to have something to go off of regardless of how big or small that is. I don't know. Sure. So maybe it doesn't have to change, but it, there needs to be like maybe map updates. Sure. 
some, I don't know, something to keep the, like the game feeling fresh. Okay. If it's going to be out for that long again. Right. Um, I had a, I had another point, but I lost it. I'm sorry. Um, you said, you know, it is on a cycle. So if we're getting a new game every three years, um, it's, it's kind of where we got at that point where that we started out high with viewership for five right. and it just slowly dwindled as we went on. Um, again, a lot of factors going into that. Um, I think what franchising does is you get that stability of rosters. We don't get the people changing teams all the time, orgs in and out. And see, that's the funny thing too, is that with roster mania on the show, obviously it's a fun segment, but it's also just when it comes to events, like major events, right? And you see teams changing left and right. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes for a fun segment. But when I go through and I get the show notes done, it's fucking annoying. That, I, that people are changing so much? Yes. it's. We talk about it all the time. We talk about consistency, right? I, much, I would much more root for a team that sticks together. And now maybe you do have to make a change that you... Like maybe there's just a player in there that's like, oh, it's this isn't gelling correctly, but we have that one person in mind that we can that can we can bring in, and things are just perfect. Yeah, I understand that, but when you're making changes once or t- like once a week, once every two weeks, what? Come on. There, um, and that's why I think, like, that's why Halo. Also, if you look at Call of Duty and these other these teams stay together for their seasons. Right. right. Most of the, most of the time there yes, are like, there, there are a couple subs every now and again. Yep. But you have the base of the teams, like the hundred thieves team was the team, right, right. For most of the season. Right. That optic team was the team. So when you have, when you don't have like the, the, well, we left halo five in a state of there was, there was events and right, even right now there's events, but there's no season. There's no league. Right. So people just come and go as they please form whatever teams they want. And yes, that's what Halo was built on and started out as, but it doesn't generate that consistency and it's harder to follow as a casual viewer because you're gonna be like, Oh, um, envy has, or, you know, when envy was there, envy has a whole new team. This, this event, right. You know, you're, you're like, why am I going to root for them again? Right. Do you have enough brand association that you're like, okay, I'll stick with these guys. Or you're like, no, I'm going to go follow the player that I was paying attention to before. Right. Like I've been a fan since I've came come into Halo of Pistola and Snipedown. Yep. And that's why Reciprocity. I was Envy Reciprocity. Yep. I liked Pistola. I just followed them. Yeah. They're, they're my favorite players. Not I mean, they've been they've been wishy washy lately, but sure. still my favorite players. Um And realistically, the only team that's remained consistent was Tox. Was Tox, yeah. Everyone else has moved around. Yep. And uh, um something else that you could say hurt Halo viewership is going from Halo 5 back to Halo 3. Um, I, I, the, the Halo 5 community was there, and it was it kept going. Like, there's people playing Halo 5. I could find games consistently until the esports scene went to Halo 3. Now Halo 5, I'm going to say it, it's a dead game. You can't find, I, you have champs matching up with gold players. Like, how does that make sense? It doesn't. And it happens because there's no one playing the game. Right. And... Sure, everyone may have jumped ship to Halo 3, but now we're playing a 10-year-old game that, you know, people liked as an eSports, but it's not drawing in any more viewers than Halo 5 was. Uh, probably about the same to maybe even a little less. Um, 
it's uh, Halo is not, unfortunately, not where it needs to be to go into franchising. Right. There's We're a, not there yet. There's a lot that's going to have to go into it to make it that way. You have to basically rebuild the brand, draw in organizations. Right. We're kind of back to bait, back to um, the foundation here for Halo, um, and at least in my eyes, because what made COD successful is that you had all the high-end teams consistently there every year. With Halo, we saw orgs dipping like crazy in and out, and it was because there wasn't money there in nope, Halo. There wasn't. So there's this whole, uh, it's marketing, it's it's association with the brand of Halo, it's, it's all this that needs to rebuild itself and rebuild sustainability for, to have organizations look back into it and then have a, a overwatching league come in and be like, oh yeah, we can make money. Let's set this up and right. run with it. And Call of Duty is in that prime position to do so. They've been one of the top esports for years now. Yes. So that's why they, they got the the um, franchising. You so. know what the funny thing is? I would... I wouldn't be surprised if Gears got franchising before Halo did. With the with the consistency that Gears have had in their competitive seasons. And I mean, like, obviously, if it's better for the players and it turns out that it's a great thing overall, I want it for all games. But yeah, it just that the way things have been going, with the way things have been trending, I, I could definitely see Gears getting it well before Halo ever did. And that's a, that could be another topic, um, is what happens when too many leagues have franchising great question because That's a great question if if there's too many products out there you're gonna you're gonna over flood the market right it's exactly it just too like, much supply not enough demand yes there we go products go out of business we should go we we have been rambling on let's uh get through these i'm gonna stop talking we'll run through the rest of these comments well if there's something you want to chime in on by all means go right okay, ahead yes okay. i'll read through them uh, Lexi states 100 thieves, not even being able to afford COD esports due to the franchising route. It's taking it's, uh, it's taking is reason enough for me to be very wary of the model because it can detract heavily from grassroots movements. But I guess that's why grassroots movements exist in the first place. They're not to the same league of franchising. Moving on. Frisch of uh, states. I don't think so. With the CDL, buy-ins are so high that it's the end of organizations as, we, as they know it. Especially with Halo, where organizations like Final Boss, Straight Ripping, Carbon, and Tox are iconic and resonate with viewers, I think it would be right to keep it the way it is. Uh, keep in mind that Final Boss and Carbon are owned by MLG, so they are not their own thing. And then Straight Ripping, yes, is its own thing, and Tox are obviously their own thing as well. Um, I mean, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Is maybe maybe now that COD is franchised, those like Will was saying, those like uh, static rosters and the static locations will resonate with viewers because they'll have that thing to latch onto, like us in the Minnesota Vikings, the Wild, and then like people in California, the LA Rams, so on and so forth. Yeah. Elderly Chef states. I would say it's good for general growth. The fan experience definitely becomes better with the larger budget, but as a player, you feel it's more difficult to quote make it. End quote. That might drive more people though. It could. And like you said, if those amateur leagues come into play under these franchises, maybe people could have a better ability to quote, make it end quote. Sanders states, I love it in overwatch world league, but I think halo was too small for this. Yes, we agree. 
Goalie sniper states, okay, franchising in esports. I know absolutely nothing and have done zero research, but here's my opinion anyway, because why not? On the good side, it could potentially mean more stability within the scene. If you have set teams and organizations that can't just decide at a Tuesday brunch to leave the scene, so that, that could be good. It could mean better salaries for players, more coverage from mainstream sports news outlets. I do hear a fair bit about the Vancouver Overwatch team on Canadian sports outlets. That's awesome. Local teams mean local followings and fan bases. It's the old, my area code is better than your area code, but I think the current esports model will have to be changed in order to make a system like that work. You can't just have prize money be the way to make big money. You'll have to have sponsorships and profit sharing among the league. And there are parts that start to take away from what I believe the heart of gaming is. Like, will players uh, playing for the Florida team have to move to Florida to be part of that organization? Because I believe that a huge benefit of gaming is being connected to people over vast distances. So forcing people to move to be a part of the team is kind of the opposite of what I think gaming does so well already. And then there's league play. If you make people move, uh, then you should have to travel to each location for league play and have land streamed watching available. Also, if you buy into a game for a franchise, then you should be bought into that game series, not just that title. Because esports moves quick. Not a lot of games have a long shelf life. And lastly, the worst written essay every. Uh, I don't think it's necessary to impose existing sports infrastructures on esports because esports is still so new that the way it's currently run is probably not going to be uh, the way it's run for the next 30 years. So there's going to be some different forms we try before we figure out the best way for the owners to make money. The players need to make money and the viewing experiences need to be enjoyable for the fans. Do you have any thoughts real quick? Um, so as far as people moving to where their teams are located. I know that the Minnesota roster is moving to Minnesota. The, the COD team already tweeted like, hey, what should our players know about living in Minnesota? So they are moving them here. Okay. So they're um, just like pro sports teams, like the most of the Vikings players, you don't necessarily have to live here, but when you have to be at practice every day. You got to be there. You got to be there. So they, they literally do have, like I think they're building a hotel over by the Vikings practice facility and they have people buy apartments and condos all around the, the players do so they, they can live in the, in the city. They, they, uh, they play in, I don't see anyone flying home to Florida every week to fly back, you know, no, like that's, and then with your set salaries that make things a lot easier to have like a, a home yeah. in that city that you're franchised with. Right. Um, I agree that if you buy into a, a, a game for a franchise, you should buy, you're bought into the series. So these teams that are buying into Call of Duty are buying into Call of Duty, not Modern Warfare. Right, and maybe that's another issue with Halo because you are on that three to four year cycle. You don't know what you're going to get in that next game. Yeah. But with Overwatch, you know what you're getting. With Call of Duty, you basically know what you're getting. Yeah, like, right. honestly, playing this, I played the beta, right, yep. for Modern Warfare. The shooting kind of felt the same as every other COD. Yep. The, the movement is mostly the same. They added sliding, which is something new. Or not new, but... No, it's it's been it's, there, but it's, it's, yeah, newer, it's a mechanic that you know of. Yeah, it, it all feels fluid. Nothing... Like, the, the COD base model doesn't really change much. They removed the manual heal. They did. I'm upset. I'm just kidding. I, 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 I wish it was going to be there. Um, it, it's, is there a perk or something that maybe has it? I saw someone like inject themselves at one point when I was watching uh, Shroud play. I I'm gonna believe. have to pay more attention. So there might be there might be a perk um, to heal quicker. Granted, I'm level two, so I didn't unlock anything yet. It's okay, um, those level three pro, uh, those level thirty pros did though. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you you'd have to buy into the series or yeah into the game series, not right. the individual game. And I'm sure these te- these people that are spending 
millions of dollars for a spot aren't it's not millions of dollars for the year right and the other thing too justin made great points in his post um are they going to have to travel to other locations in order to play those teams here's what i what i what i see and envision happening is that they will if they're streaming them maybe they each team streams from their own um like facility or their yeah. center and it's like streamed to the the COD channel, but yeah. you have you have cameras on everybody. It's it's online, but you get to see both teams and it's playing still each professional. Other. Yeah, it's still professional. Sure. Um, and then of course for events or like you know World League, whatever they do for Worlds, or they're they're obviously there. So right, and I think for the Pro League in Call of Duty, I think they had the, I think they had the players compete next to each other. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they were all in the same location. Because so, so they 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 were already paying for players to come out and play. Seems like it. So that might just continue. Right. I don't and know that if that was be, for all the matches, but I believe because they were streamed and you could clearly see that both teams were directly across from one right. another. And that's part of owning a franchise. I mean, again, bringing it back to professional sports, we don't need to follow them, but they already have something in place. So here we go. Um, they the, it's on the team to be able to fly, pay for hotels to take care of their players when they're traveling to another team to play, to play a game. Right. You're investing in, you're investing in it. You're investing in your, yeah. In your team to win, to potentially win money in the super bowl. And that's, um, it's a big thing about like the NFL and you can look at any sports team too. If you're buying a franchise and things aren't going the way you want it to, you can sell. And depending on how your team is doing, could create more value depending on what you're, I mean, they look at it, it. It's all business. It's business is business. That's what it is. So they're looking at how much your team is making. What are your, um, merchandise sales? What are your ad like ads? What are your, you know, endorsements, all this. It's, it's all part of the business. And that's what you want to build. When you go into franchising, you're building a brand. You're not, right. you it's <clears throat> so you can look at it in the, in the sports world too. There's teams like the Minnesota Twins who haven't been to a, a World Series in 30 years, 20 years. Yeah, since 91. 91, almost 30 years. Yep. And they've been a mediocre team, but because of the branding they built, their location, they still, what, the, what, they do, what players they bring in, they don't go over their salary cap, so they don't, they don't not spending a ton of money on players. And you add profit sharing on top of that, they're making money just by being relevant every year and not maybe not going far into the playoffs, but being relevant, people are watching and tuning in and that that's what makes them the money. Yep. So if things are going south for you, maybe an ownership change is the right thing to do for the team because they're going to bring in a new fresh take on business and how what they should be doing. Right. We've seen that with like the LA Lakers and so on and so forth, ownership changes. So, or like GM changes. GM changes, yeah. So on and so forth. So, but, but, so when there's GM changes, it's still the same organization owning that team. It's just right. changing the, but the, the thing with esports, so is, is there chances for someone to sell their spot? Is that something that's worked out or are you stuck for a whole year? Like, I'm, I guess I'm curious. I don't know the, the details behind it, but. Right. I'd love to see the like quote unquote rule book for how <laughs> that's going to take place. Yeah. Considering this is so new. I'd All actually right. love the insight of like Overwatch and stuff like that on how they're running things mm-hmm. because yeah, because they're, they're successful. They're doing great. Right. Um, okay. Let's move over to discord. Brian makes game states. 
Uh, franchising is, is an interesting but unproven model for esports currently. Creating regional franchises that fans can latch onto with stability has a ton of upsides that could prove really successful. For Halo, I say they don't franchise, and I think that's the right call for now. There are too many iconic brands in Halo to just throw them out and start with a new franchise, and I feel similarly about COD despite them franchising. But that does mean that Halo Esports could still struggle with identity issues plagued by org and roster changes. As I write this, I think I'm changing my own mind, but maybe they should franchise, lol. <laughs> if they did franchise, I would want to see them bring all the old brands back as the franchises. Consider a league where the franchises are Final Boss, Carbon, Instinct, Triggers Down, Status Quo, Believe the Hype, Straight Ribbon, etc. The fans would go bonkers for that, and it could provide uh, the stability necessary Fuck it, I'm for franchising, but only in this particular direction. Again, they could buy the MLG teams. They could buy they the could. they could buy the trademarks. They could. Um, and the other thing is, is that looking at with nostalgia glasses on, obviously all of those old brands are recognizable to me, right? But a lot of the new viewers, they're not. Like a lot of the new viewers that are out there that came in with Halo Five don't know who Final Boss were, don't know that dynasty, right? They don't know Carbon. They they don't know Triggers Down. Believe the hype. I mean. Now that believe the hype now got repurchased, that could be a different story, but you know where I'm coming from here. So it's like also if it's, if it's almost like if you expanded the NFL and you brought back the Tennessee Oilers, like people right. nowadays that just started watching football, aren't going to know what that is. Or even from three or four years ago, like me, I had no idea who they were until they were talked about like from analysts, yeah. like on shows that I watch. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what they used to be called. Okay. So yeah, no idea. So it's, it could be hard, but, and like we said, we don't think they're ready for it yet, but we'll just have to wait and see. High Tech Redneck states, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but we'll try to keep it as short as, as and concise as I can. In my opinion, which could be wrong, there are far more negatives to franchising than positives, and the positives could be achieved through other ways that don't have as much risk for being detrimental to orgs or the esport as a whole. I think it pushes out smaller orgs that don't have the $25 million uh, to risk, when they may not get a return on that investment. Sure, teams can get investors, but smaller orgs that haven't proven them, uh, smaller orgs that haven't proven they can win championships aren't going to have the pull to get those massive investments. Along those same lines, I think it's going to make it even more difficult for players to break into the scene and get on a top team. I'll use Frosty as an example. If an org had just spent $25 million to buy a CWL spot, they're going to go after players who've proven they can compete at the top they're probably not going to take the chance on a player who hasn't ever competed in COD, no matter how good he was at Halo. Sure, there's supposedly going to be some kind of path to pro to help in that, but wasn't there supposed to be a something similar for the last two-ish years in COD, yet you never heard anything about it? Who's to say this won't be the same type of thing? I personally think location-based franchising is stupid. That could be because I have no state pride. So I'm not going to, uh, so I'm not going to be supporting a team just because they happen to represent Texas. I guess that may be a way to give new fans a team to cheer for, at least until they figure out what players they like and want to support. But unsure how many new eyes it'll bring to the game for that to even matter. Maybe this part is just the nostalgia factor, but I always like the idea of being able to build a team with, few, with a few buddies and go to any given MLG Open and play through the open bracket where you at least had a chance to do well and maybe catch the eye of top players. With franchising, there's not going to be an open tournaments, or they're not going to be the kind of opens we've grown to know and love. The rumors I've heard sound like the open tournaments will be uh, will just be amateur players and these pro players who aren't starters on their teams. It may sound harsh, but how many people are going to watch tournaments comp comprised of amateur players and pros who apparently weren't good enough to actually play on pro teams? When it comes to viewership, COD already doesn't have that great in numbers unless you've got a team like Optic, FaZe, or 100 Thieves on stream. 
If your game of the week or however that's going to work is between two teams that don't have those massive fan bases, how many people are really going to watch? I think of this kind of like they had land leagues the last couple of years. I don't know the viewership numbers for those, but I've heard they were pretty low unless one of those teams I've mentioned were playing and we already know 100 Thieves isn't going to be in it. Phase is uncertain and the optic that will be there isn't the real optic. I think it worked for Overwatch because there was such a new game because that was such a new game competitive league. They didn't have those established teams yet. Uh, stripping away the branding from the orcs for the CWL just feels like a giant screw you to the orcs that got the esport to where it is. I'm sure there are positives, salaries for pro players, better player stability, and yet more money for Activision. In short, I'm about 98% against it, at least in the format they use for Overwatch World League and what we're assuming the CWL will be using too. Thankful that Activision has nothing to do with Halo, and if Halo ever does go the franchising route, I hope they learn more, uh, lean more towards the LCS model. That's uh, League of Legends, I believe. Okay, a, a lot to get through here. I'm just going to make a few points. Um, so, let's see here. The no state pride thing, okay? We talked about it before. We feel like I, we feel like state pride is going to be a thing. Now, in regards to the players and following the players that you like, think about that. Deion Sanders, right? People liked Deion Sanders. They followed Deion Sanders where Deion Sanders went, right? Um... What else you got? Th just throw out some players. People names. are Tom Brady fans just because he's so great at what he does. Right. And they're, they're not New England fans. Right. He's um, like Tom Brady. I'm personally rooting for Teddy Bridgewater down in New Orleans, even though, you know, he started as a Viking, got injured, moved around. He's making a miraculous comeback. I'm rooting for his story, not right. just because he's, I, I'm not a New Orleans fan at all. They could, I hope they go 0 and 16 all year, but, um, same. <laughs> but I'm rooting for Teddy to do well because he's just a, a genuine person and a great guy. I'm rooting for him as a person, not the team. Right. Um, so yeah, I think people definitely have an association with the players themselves and they could definitely make like go the way of the player themselves and not focus on the actual location of the team. So I definitely think that exists or that can exist as for your, your, you stated Frosty as an example, Beth. Now, you made your comment before these rosters were confirmed, but Frosty is on a team, confirmed. So we'll see how that plays out. Even Shotzi's on a team, and Shotzi never really had his chance. Right. So maybe just, let's see, what am I trying to say? Um, isn't there like a phrase of, Oh my God, I'm sure I'm forgetting, but like maybe there were just talks that were had conversations were happening out there in the call of duty space and where Shotzi's name was said probably more than once like backroom deals, right? Exactly. And maybe make, they see something special in him. They brought him up the rookie. You could yeah. say, right? Right. And who knows what he's going to do? Maybe he's going to be amazing. Maybe not, but they're going to take a chance on him. Um, I think we already talked about viewership and whatnot, what we think franchising is going to do to it. I do understand the giant screw you to the orcs that got it to where it is. We talked about that as well. Um, it does suck for them. It does. It does. Um, one thing I think, did she touch on like, Oh, the, how many people are going to watch if it's two teams that aren't doing well? Right. Um, you still have people watch Miami games Oh my God. They're, they're horrible people. That, that's what it's all about. You have to build that brand loyalty through your organization and maybe like 
I mean, I, I feel like I'm relating everything to pro sports. Um, but like the Dolphins, what Dan Marino played for the Dolphins back in the day, and he was such a huge player, brought in a lot of fans. Dan Marino. And they just want, like, if, you're, if your team does well at one point, people are going to latch on and want to root for you. And maybe they stick with you through the troubled times to hopefully get to those, those, those good times again. Um, so I think people are going to watch if they build that loyalty. And that's what it's all about, marketing, building your brand, making people like you. I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater probably did pretty damn well today. Because uh, I have Alvin Kamara on my fantasy team, and he had 37.1 points. Wow. And Alvin Kamara is a backfield running back. Yeah. So He's, He catches the ball, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So 37.1 points. Woo. I imagine Teddy did Saints. pretty okay. Okay. All right, moving on. Heavy rainfall states. I'm hardcore for franchising, but I want them to also... Cr- Jesus, I just choked my own spit. Uh, <laughs> that was not included in heavy rainfall's quote, by the way. That was just me. He states, I'm hardcore for franchising, but I want them to also create collegiate or pro-am appeal. The open market to esports is what drives it right now, and if every game jumps to franchises, someone at home won't understand how to enter the industry, and that's a serious problem. I also think they should allow orgs to buy into the states. Why can't we have Kansas City Carbon, Tennessee 100 Thieves, or even California Optic? Why does it have to be brand new names? I know they will lose some fans because of the location changes, but I'm sure they would gain some. It's the same way football is right now. My neighbor loves the New York Yankees, but he has never lived in New York, nor does he ever plan to visit. Matter of fact, I think he hates New York, but boy, does he love that pitcher for the Yanks. I feel like Halo should go franchising at launch for Infinite, and my two reasons for that are, one, to shake up the scene. You cannot tell me you guys aren't tired of Tox winning, big, uh, big fan, but one team winning consistently will kill any scene. And two, it'd be too late after launch. If they do it after launch, people will already have established orgs and names from the first year or birth of Infinite. Then they suddenly go franchises. Bad play. Anything you want to say on that, Will? No. Okay. I talk too much. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> the college and pro-am, right? We talked about that. We yeah. think it'd be great. I loved I loved your example, Will, of you saying that they're already the already professional sports that exist have those types of avenues established. I think at an esports level, I think that'd be fantastic. I like that a lot. And it'd be even better if they shine a light on that, right? Because maybe right now in the professional side of things, I didn't know, I, uh, de- like, I swear to God, I had no idea that existed until you just said that, Will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not kidding. I had no idea. And that's a problem. I think there should be, that, that should be talked about maybe just a little bit more. Like, obviously, you don't want to detract from the big names, Right. But if I knew I hell, that's, that's awesome. I, I would love to learn more about that. Um, but again, we talked about it and heavy. I love where your heart's at, but just the way with halo as it's been, I don't think the money's there. I don't think the viewership's there. So on and so forth for infinite, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Fistro states, some of your points make sense. Um, but franchising won't work in Halo. There aren't any orgs with that kind of money to purchase a franchise location that are currently in Halo or have an interest in Halo at the moment. So uh, Feistro also made multiple comments throughout the thread, but I, I like this overarching comment. Um, because, like, yeah, we, we agree. I don't think there's any, it's not there. It's just not there. It hasn't, it hasn't established itself as that, as that top again. It just hasn't. Uh, Scud Puddle, AKA Spud Cuddle states, I don't think franchising can work in any esports title, not long-term, not in the way we see professional sport franchising. 
at least not in America. There are far too many games and they release far too often. Sports work because of the physicality of them. You start young, you learn fundamentals, play peewee ball, grow, play through adolescence, play through high school, maybe college, then pro. If you're lucky, you go pro early. That's at least 10 to 15 years of development for pro sports. Games won't last 10 to 15 years. Sure, video games as an industry will be around during that development, and you'll learn to be good at video games, and you can even jump between titles, but you can't hone a skill for one game over that span. There are software hardware limitations on what you can do actually do. Not to mention that there are more and more titles trying to compete for their share of the video game industry pie. There are just too many of them to be successful in the existing way we see sports franchising. Oh, and I don't want it for Halo. A major appeal for video games is that it is something we can do, something that's achievable for the common kid with an Xbox, a controller, and a dream. Something that a ragtag group of kids can go to their first tournament and make a splash and shake up an open tournament. An opportunity like that will be taken away with franchising unless you have that structured growth and development. And in my opinion, we're years and years away from that being a reality. It had nothing to do with the cost of a franchise spot or the success of a game. Apart from Smash games, they don't last competitively. And I have no idea how Smash works, so could someone DM me and enlighten me? <laughs> I thought those were great points all around, to be honest with you. Thinking about it at the like 10 to 15 year development cycle. You're right. Games don't have that. Now, I think going back to it, I think the closest we've gotten is maybe Counter-Strike, maybe StarCraft, but we've seen how StarCraft has dwindled, right? StarCraft 2 came out. It was huge, started to dwindle. Counter-Strike is still where it's at, and I think that's the, the, the biggest representation we have right now, but that's not 10, 15 years. Counter-Strike Global Offensive hasn't been out 10 to 15 years. Then again... You could say it doesn't take 10 to 15 years to develop to, that skill, to develop the video game skill because it's not as it, physical. It's not muscle memory. It's not learning plays. It's not learning names. It's literally you, you can, you can learn how to play a game pretty quick. Right. And it's, and if it's you, learning metas in different ways. Right. And so it's learning strategy. If you, right. if, if you just had to learn strategy and for the NFL, you'd be a coach, not a player. Um, True. So, I feel like there's, I mean, the players that are already there, like the pros, like I don't think Shotzi picked up a Halo 5, Halo 5 and an Xbox and became a pro that day. He's been playing no. games his whole life. Yeah, and there he started is, with previous Halos too, There is There is a development up to becoming a pro in the spotlight. So you, yes. can, you could follow people and there is learning muscle memory on the sticks, I guess you could say. So I think there is a development period. Um to becoming that level of player, but he's right. Titles change all the time. I think that's what's part part of the COD appeal is that there is a new title every year, so little things change, but it's still basically the same base game at its core. Right. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Viscous states, I want that money flowing and the game's growing. You dig? I like it. I told you I'd include it. There it is. And then finally, Zarners states, wait, is this? Yeah, this is it. Zarners states, some very interesting conversations going on here. I've done a decent amount of research on the topic in the past, and simply put, it's a complicated topic that isn't black and white in my mind. At the moment, it's mostly an untested theory. Franchising in esports has been attempted in the past as early as 2007 with the championship gaming series, CGS. That one failed, but there were so many things wrong with the CGS other than franchising that it's not surprising. Obviously, the more recent examples are the Overwatch World League and the NA, LCS, LEC, LPL for the League of Legends. It's hard to judge how successful that they have been early on, but in a few more years, we'll have more data to work with uh, to draw some better conclusions. 
I will say that at the outset of franchising in esports, I was pretty against it. I saw it as the death of large-scale open tournaments and as a blow to the community. However, after a decent amount of research into the topic and taking in other perspectives, I can see that there are plenty of really good reasons for considering franchising, including long-term stability, salaries and unions for players, and potentially a stronger community around organizations and teams as opposed to the current fluidity of fandom that can be seen due to roster mania or orgs dropping out of certain leagues. Another thing is that esports doesn't have to follow the exact same franchising model as sports. We don't have to do localized orgs and teams. We don't have to have completely closed leagues. We don't have to have orgs completely rebrand for these leagues. Many of us come from a U.S. perspective, and since that, uh, since that's what we grew up with seeing in traditional sports, we just assume that's exactly how esports franchising will look. I'm not saying it won't be similar, but what I am saying is that we have the ability to pick what works best for esports from the U.S. sports franchising model and make it our own. Concerns over a game longevity are, certain well, are certainly well-founded. What would happen if a game franchise is only to have the game flop? Would that be detrimental to franchising for other games in esports as well? Certainly a stable game that doesn't have drastically different titles coming out every year or two would be the most viable option for franchising. That is certainly a selling point for League of Legends and Overwatch, even though patches and champion hero editions could drastically change the way games play. I'm very interested to see how Call of Duty handles their yearly releases with franchising in mind and whether they make significant changes between each title, a la Ghost to Advanced Warfare, or if the games stabilize and are more similar each year than in years past. If anything, a game like Counter-Strike has proven that releasing a new game doesn't mean changing the core concepts of the game. Each iteration, each iteration of CS has been more akin to a large patch and graphics update rather than an actual new game. Granted, for the pro players, the changes between 1.6 and Source were quite drastic, while Go is typically regarded as a middle ground between the two. However, the core of the games were the same. The same maps, the same guns and equipment with uh, slightly different behaviors, the same team sizes, the same game type. This has allowed uh, Counter-Strike to remain one of, one of, if not the top esport for over a decade now, and it is growing even to this day and showing no signs of slowing down despite many difficulties that the scene has and still has to overcome. Gambling and match-fixing uh, scandals, the oversaturation of tournaments, etc. As a side note, if you haven't watched a Counter-Strike tournament, I implore you to do so. It is simple to understand, and it's one of the most absolute best esports from a spectator standpoint out there. StarCraft is a whole other beast to go into, but I've already wrote a ton, so I won't go into that for now. Overall, I'm rather torn on whether I'm for it or against franchising. I can see the pros and cons on both sides. I'd say overall, I think I lean towards franchising as being the highest likelihood of long-term growth and stability in the scene, but I don't think that every game should franchise. As far as Halo is concerned, I would err towards the side of, uh, I would err towards waiting until we have at least a full year of competition under our belt with Infinite before taking a long hard look into what's best for the scene. Ultimately, like everyone else, I just want esports to thrive no matter what system we adopt. TLDR, it's not black and white. Not enough data from current examples uh, to really judge how successful franchising is or could be. Franchising in esports doesn't have to be the same as traditional sports. Longevity of a game is concerning, but other games have proven it can be done. Overall, I'm torn on franchising in esports and can see pros and cons. Lean towards franchising, franchising is most likely for long-term success, but don't think that every game should franchise. For Halo, I'd say hold off, at least for a full year. Um, just want to see the esports scene thrive regardless of franchising or no franchising. I guess final thoughts. It does make sense that, you know, they're, you don't have the, again, he states on the, the open tournaments, all that. Um, 
it looks like they're starting to follow the same model as traditional sports with the teams being in localized places. Right. Um, I think they looked at what Overwatch League was doing. And wanted to follow. That's what it seems like to me. Because if you think about it, Overwatch, right? Yeah. Activision Blizzard. Call of Duty. Activision, Activision. Infinity Ward. Yep. Okay. I mean, for this game, right? But no, no matter what, publishing is Activision. Yep. They're, they're part of it. So I thought they, I think they looked at that and they were like, this can work. And they went with it. <sighs> it's a heavy topic. It is a, a heavy of, topic. A lot of people are for it. A lot of people are against it. Right. And I can definitely um, see both sides for sure. Yeah. Just like Zarner was, was talking about. Right. I do think though, for long-term growth of a scene, franchising is the way to go. Right. It's stability. It's it's stability. Yes. Well, it can be stability. If it's done right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Something that was never touched on here, and it just popped in my mind as reading through Zarner's comments. Um, if you think about it, Madden has professional play, mm-hmm. right? NBA 2K has professional play as well. And some of the professional NBA teams are purchasing teams in 2K. All of franchising, right? Sure. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I think Golden State has a team in 2K. Like, there, there, there are, those NBA teams, those NBA owners are looking at this. Now, again, this is like technically for their own game. But if you look at it, they're seeing this as viable. And NBA is one of the most watched sports in the world. Maybe the video game aspect of that can translate a little bit. They saw value in it. They invested. They have their own team. But again, that's just, that's just another example I'm bringing to the table here. Sure. Um, yeah, there is. When you see people that have already purchased multi-million dollar sports teams spending millions into esports teams, they have to see it as a viable option. They, they're not just throwing money at it willy-nilly. They're, they, they're going to have to break it down and you know be pitched why they can make money. Well, okay, here's, here's the thing too. So part of me does think that with the amount of money that is being thrown, it is kind of willy-nilly. Because I imagine... Uh, hmm. So you said Robert Kraft. Yeah. Put money into it, right? Yep. Do you honest to God think Robert Kraft is sitting there and thinking about the esports that the esports franchise that he invested into? I doubt it. I bet he's focused on the New England Patriots. I bet he's focused on his team winning a Super Bowl. And I bet he's focused on making his money. Right. So let's I bet he has somebody talking to him, maybe bring him a sheet of paper, being like, here's how we did, here's what your here's what your income looks like. Well, let me let me let me go through the purchase prices of some NFL teams here. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, I bet these are fucking massive. Carolina Panthers was purchased for two point two billion. Billion dollars. Miami Dolphins one point one. Billion dollars. Billion. Rams was uh seven hundred fifty million, so not valued as much at the time. Sure. Um, you see the Redskins, um, Texans in that 700 million, the Jets, 600 million, the Vikings were purchased, uh, previously for 600 million. Um, current value though is 2.4 billion. See, think about that. And you had Robert Kraft invest 20 million into an esports franchise piss in the pot, right? It literally means nothing to him. Yeah. Robert Kraft purchased the Patriots for 172 million. 
and now they're worth three point eight billion. There you go. So that's what they're seeing in franchise. Right. Now, with the way esports are right now, like I said, to us that is a lot of money. To us, twenty million dollars. To to the franchisees, right? Twenty million is a lot of money because that's their starting off point. If you think about that, like you said, how much did Robert Kraft buy the Patriots for? Um, a hundred and some million, yeah. right? Okay, and now there were three point something billion dollars. Yeah. So if you think about that, twenty million dollars to invest right now could see year over year growth where you have it now where that's a multi like hundred million dollar franchise at that point in time. Yep. If things go correctly, if things continually move up yep. and then you keep making profits off that you, or you, if it starts to, it's good. What they're seeing now, they're investing in it early. So they're going to, they're hoping for growth. Right. And if it even starts to tail off and go down and someone wants to get out and maybe that $20 million team is now worth $80 million and they get out and they, 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 take their money and run. Yeah. But they made growth. Exactly. They made growth. And like I said, it's like, it's like comparing apples and oranges right now. You know what I mean? Like the amount of money wise. Oh, sure. But if you look at it, it's a hundred million to buy an NFL team at that time, years and years and years ago, right? $20 million to invest in an esports franchise, relatively speaking, years and years and years ago. Okay. You look at it, 15, 20 years from now, if things are on the up and up, that could be exponentially larger. And yes, Robert Kraft has millions to blow, whatever, but it could be very, very huge for the scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, any last thing you want to say about it before we close out the show? I'm for franchising, mm-hmm. but you can't do it to every game. Correct. I think Zarner's hit that point yep. too. You can't oversaturate the market with it because then you're going to split viewership and it's going to hurt the scene. Um, now you do have like Dota and League of Legends are kind of other similar, right? Yeah. Overwatch League kind of brings the FPS a little bit of, uh, you know, more reliant on the hero abilities. Right. And uh, it's a different um, kind of mode to that game, right? Yeah. Now, Call of Duty's going the franchising way, purely FPS. Is it besides Counter Strike? Counter Strike's not franchise, is it? I don't think it is. I no. So I do not believe so. It's COD the first FPS to franchise at this point. I believe it is. I mean, technically, Overwatch is. Sure. Overwatch is a first-person shooter. Gotcha. But it's the first, like. Arena shooter. Arena shooter. That Yes, that's yes. what I'm looking for. Yes, I believe that Call of Duty is the first arena shooter to be franchised. So again, it's that's their market is arena shooter, right? Okay, now people are, I guaranteed somebody is like, meh, 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 arena, sh-, you don't mean, like it's not fucking Doom or Quake or anything like that. I, I mean like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. You know what I mean? Technicalities aside, yes. just like, let yes. it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so, these games that are doing it now and early are going to have the first foothold in that market. That's why they're doing it. Sure. So Call of Duty already beat Halo to the punch. If Halo wants to come in for that slice of the pie, they're going to have to fight now Call of Duty for a slice. Right. Of the quote-unquote arena shooter. Pie. Pie. Yes. Yeah. It's a delicious pie. I know. I bet it would be oh, phenomenal. Yes. Ooh. It doesn't have M&Ms in it. Final thoughts, Josh. <laughs> 
um, no, I am like, like we talked about, I, I think like you said, long-term, this is definitely something that should happen depending upon the game that is played. Zarner just made a great point regarding the amount of events that happen because it seems counter-strike is bloated and bringing it back to the NFL, I believe there were in talks of wanting to have another day for NFL games, right? So right now you have Thursday night football, Sunday and Monday night football. Okay. Sunday is when the bulk of the games take place. I believe on Thursday you have one game and Monday you have one game. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I believe the NFL wanted another day to have a game on because if you think about it, it would technically bring more viewers in because football will be on more often, but that could totally fuck with scheduling like completely. Right. And it's, I don't want to see it happen that way. Right. And, but then I always hark on halo for not having enough events. You have to find that good middle ground. Right. That's what, I think that's what makes the NFL so good though, is there's only 16 games a year Yep. for your regular season. Right. And then the playoffs, like you, you have one chance a week to get that, that win. That makes it so intense. Right. And like what for uh, the NHL and the NBA and MLB, the amount what? of games you have in a season's what for Bonkers. for NHL? It's like 80, I think it's 82 games for it's 90 something or a hundred something for MLB. 160. 160? 162 to be exact. Is that, that is that regular season though? Yeah. Regular season. 162 games. Oh my God. You're playing three, four games a week. That's right. I mean, yeah, I was going to say we play the Royals yesterday and today. So that's in, oh my God. And then NBA is crazy too. Yeah. A lot of games. A lot of games. But I don't watch every single baseball game. No. I'll tune in when it's convenient. Right. If maybe there was less games on a week, then I'd be like, oh, I have to watch the Twins games because right. I need to know how they're doing. And clearly people are still buying tickets. People are still watching because they're still around. Yeah. And they haven't changed it. So clearly something works there. But I think in esports, you have to find that middle ground because you don't want, like you said, oversaturate the market. Right. And Well, that's the thing with like, if you look at NHL games, yeah, there are you know an NFL arena can seat sixty thousand people. A NHL arena twenty five thirty thousand maybe. Okay, so it's a smaller market for sure. Sure, but the fact there's so many games and like the wild games, when they're doing well, are mostly sold out. Um, we're kind of going into a half rebuild season, I believe, this next season. So the arena might not be as full, but you. The state of hockey here in Minnesota, there's, there's diehard fans. So right. they, they have their place in the market where they're going to have people constantly showing for up. For sure. So, yeah, they have to find that sweet spot, though, of what works for esports. Yes. Okay, so to finish things up here, we think for the longevity, franchising should be a thing, depending upon the title. Currently, as it stands, Halo should not have it because it's not there yet. Are we in agreement on that? Sure. Okay. Um. Is that all we got? Shall we move on? Yeah. Perfect. Will, it's time for some shout outs. First and foremost, congratulations to Real Life Spartan on over 1,000 followers on Twitch. We included a Twitch link to his stream. Check it out. He dresses up in an all uh, Master Chief costume and uh, he brings a lot of enthusiasm to his streams. He's fantastic. Go ahead and leave him a follow if you can. Next up, shout out to Reddit Halo on reaching over 300,000 subscribers. It's got to be all those memes. 
It's got to be. Got to be. Shout out to everyone who joined in the community discussion for the topic of the week, technically the last two weeks. Thank you guys so much. It was a great discussion. And I'm glad I'm glad we took that extra time to be completely honest with you. For sure. Yes. And then uh, shout out to everyone who joined in the community play date. This included High Tech Redneck, Goalie Sniper, and Night Fox. Thank you guys for the games. I greatly appreciate it. And finally, shout out to QX of Halo Draft League. I'm going to throw Abstract in there as well. Uh, QX, you came in clutch right now as I was doing Shauna's for the show. You provided the rosters that I needed. Thank you so much for the Halo Draft League and the Halo Premier League. You're fantastic, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future with the leagues. That does it for the shout-outs. It's time for the community creations. First and foremost, Will, we have Meme Monday. What is it? It's on Reddit. Uh, Reddit.com forward slash R forward slash Halo. Memes are there every Monday. Halo-related memes on Whoa. Monday on Reddit forward slash R forward slash Halo. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, oh you. Yeah. Uh, then we have Gunshot, a Halo 3 montage edited by Xander on YouTube. Go check it out. And finally, we have UGC's The Halo Classic Atlantic City Photo Album. This is by UGC. It's on Facebook. Check it out. It's great stuff. Um, and again, rules apply as always. If High Tech releases the next clips of the week, it'll be included in the show notes. Hey, Will, I got a question for you. Yeah. So we talked about esports franchising. And uh, we're going to have a topic next week. It's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, I guess you could say. But uh, all I have to ask is, why the fuck do you want to get rid of Milky Way? Will, plug the show, please. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HGS Pro Talk. We are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you use for your Apple product. We are on Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify as well. Leave us a review and let others know about the show. We are on Discord. Join the community discussion over there. A lot of great talks, a lot of people chiming in uh, this week on the franchising in esports and lots of just other good good talk. Scud Puddle's posting music now. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit, I didn't include that. He's uh, doing it's cool stuff. So oh, check man. That out. You uh, did, too. You can <laughs> check us out on your Xbox. Join our Xbox club or Spartan company. Just search for HGS Pro Talk. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Mixer, Twitch, and Esportspedia. Go follow us on social media and enjoy whatever you want to enjoy out there. Josh. Yes. That's the end of the plugs. Is it though? That's all I got so far. That's not all I got. What do we have? So the next episode. <laughs> no. Uh, so I'm going to include Scott Puddle's song in the community creations because I totally just fucking blanked well, out on that. Well, it's a snippet, isn't it? What? If he, he posted whatever it. he posted in general, not in the mod only chat. Right. Do you Don't, want yours posted no. or no? It's in the mod only chat. Okay. I won't yet. This is what this is why I ask. It's not done. It's that fine. That was the first it's take. Fine. I was just asking. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, it'll be on there. So now people are going to ask because you put it on the show. I know. I feel bad, but at the same time, I don't because you're amazing. Whatever. And you deserve all the recognition. Um, On the next episode of HGS Pro Talk, Will, thank you for segueing, and then I ruined the segue, but now we're segueing back. We have a new topic, and this mm -hmm. one's from Viscous. Okay. He's, he asks, what are your rituals or habits that keep you competitively focused or just for the things that you do? So there you go. It's a little bit more of a lighthearted topic. What, what gets you... What gets you in that competitive mindset? What do you do before you game? What do you do before you just get hyped up? What gets you hyped up? What do you got? We're going to talk about it next week. Let us know on Twitter and in the Discord. And on Instagram. The Instas? And on Foshbook. 
Oh, Facebook. I'm like really close to disabling my Facebook. I'm getting there. I just. I have no use mm, for it. And it's easier to coordinate events. It really is. That's like what, yeah. it, that's what I use it's it for you, right now is I event planning. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm getting sick and tired. Like Facebook basically just steals your data and sells it to other companies. That's what they do. That's, that's how they, that's how they make their money. It is because of advertisements. It is a free platform. It is a free platform and that's the price you pay. It is. To be honest. Especially for that big of a business. So, yeah. Just saying. Not liking the Facebooks recently. It's okay. Or for a while, but I've kept it up because that's the only way I can contact some people. Facebook. <laughs> way to go. We're getting a Facebook rant from Will at the end of the show. <laughs> hey, Will, remember when I was the one that always like postponed the ending? Yeah, now it's me. turning into you. It's been two weeks in a row now. This is all well, you. You made me last week talk I about mean, rock bands some more. I didn't Speaking make of you. Which, I asked. I, I need to I need to pull out the PS3 and boot up Beatles Rock Band. So I've Ooh. been I've been itching to to play some Beatles songs. Ooh. Talk about a console that doesn't have backwards compatibility. Ba ba boom. Damn it. PlayStation 4. That's right. Fucking stupid controller. And not bad con- oh. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 93 of HCS Pro Talk. I want to thank you very much for listening. And uh this was a long one. Will, what are we clocking at right now? Uh, currently, before editing, we are at two minutes, 32 seconds, and 37 seconds. Two minutes, two minutes, 32 seconds, and 37 <laughs> seconds. That's a short show. <laughs> two hours, 32 minutes, and now 47 seconds. And we're just going to keep the clock running. I'm just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week where we have our weekly topic. We're going to talk about a lot more Halo, and uh, we can't wait to see what happens with the franchising scene. But until then, bye-bye.